back. Holy Growler Gang episode. Oh, dang it. Okay, here. That's why Jordan does the intros. Go ahead, Jordan. Oh, am I doing the intro now? <laughs> yes. Because I can't apparently do an intro. <laughs> Save my life. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Beer Buddies. Uh, we're doing a <laughs> brewery spotlight episode this time. Uh, we were going to do a brewery spotlight of Urban Roots. Uh, I've been... Fine place. Very fine. Twice in the last... Week well technically three times if you include tonight, and Chris has been twice if you include tonight. Uh, we went, I went with a friend, Chris and I went with his family, and then we went down a third time because we were in the neck of the woods, in their neck of the woods I should say. Um, and when we went with Chris's family, they had a pretty fantastic selection, which we're hoping to do an episode soon on them too. Oh, that was um, really good. But they were closed because Monday is the one day of the week. They're not open. Uh, so to people who are exploring breweries or new to exploring breweries, um, double check the hours and the days of operation because everyone's got some weird little ticks about their hours. And yep. we weren't privy to that. So Random days. I think I remember there's two different instances where we were caught off guard. One, we're really caught off guard. Uh, I remember when we first started going to New Glory, weren't they closed on Thursdays? Yeah, there was one time we went to New Glory. I forget what day it was, but we went and they were closed. And I then it was a Thursday. It we was went to American River twice and they were closed for good. And the first oh, time we didn't right. realize they were closed for good, we thought they just meant they were closed for the day. We went back a second time and then we understood. <laughs> yes, we got out of the Uber, walked to the door. The Uber turned around to ask us why we weren't going in. I said, oh, well, they're, they're out of business. They're not even open at all. And he's like, well... I have another call, so I'll see you later. And he drove off. Good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> and then that's how we got. We went to Newsday. We went to New Glory that, for the first time. Is that, that how night. we got to New Glory? Uh-huh. Oh man, that was quite an American adventure. River closed, which is an unfortunate way to get to the awesomeness of New Glory. But um, anyways, so for those of you who don't know, field work is right down the way from urban routes they're about they're about a mile so i i like to walk a lot so some might say hey that's not right down the way but if you enjoy walking especially those of you who are up in the greater sacramento area like when you go to midtown you know people usually walk around um so we will hopefully do an urban routes podcast soon but uh yeah this today we're talking about field work so last time we did brewery spotlight was about three mile brewing yeah, that's right, out in Davis. For, and, um, on picnic day, of all days. You know, from that episode... Sorry about that. That was my bad. <laughs> that's my idea. Um, it's a good idea still. I just. I sent... Chris had a photo shoot out there. I handed him some money and said, hey, get me some crowlers. And then he was there on picnic day. And oh, I was sitting at home was. waiting for Crazy. him to show up with beer. And so, <clears throat> from that episode, I sort of told him... You know, we sort of learned, you know, hey... Three crawlers to try a brewery is, is a great way of going about it, but also there seemed to be so much more that Chris had to contribute on. Like if you go back and listen to that episode, there was so much more Chris had to contribute to, you know, the ambiance or the vibe, and yeah. even other beers they had on the board. So that's yeah. Jordan didn't get a chance to go see the place, or talk to the staff, or look at the board, or how they do things. You know, so it was kind of one-sided. Yeah, so as much as I could sort of taste the beer and grade the beer, uh, I was flying blind, which does have its place, but I think um, these episodes would be so much cooler if we both went, do a flight, 
at the brewery and then get a feel of what the whole board has to offer and then pick three crowlers and uh well that's kind of what we did tonight uh we we've both been to field work before field work is fantastic it's true. but they put out a lot of beer they put out a lot of variety all the time they're always changing it up so even though we had been there before I think almost the entire board, other than the 1502 that we're going to drink here in a minute, was different from the last time I was there. Like, it was almost entirely... Well, I mean, I've heard the Marsden's really good. That's We tried that, too. But I mean, it was kind of necessary for us to each get a flight and kind of taste through it. They definitely... They do what I call the Track 7 approach, where they rotate through the staples and the seasonal stuff. Yeah. And then they do a lot of experimental, and their board's bigger. So, they're yeah. doing... They... I mean, field work's amazing. I have nothing but wonderful things to say about, about 18, them. 18, 20 beers tonight? Yeah. Like I mean, when have you ever gone to field work and been like, none of, like, this was a bad time? Like, it was, it's always, like, a great time mm-hmm. at field work. Yeah. Um, so walk us through the first beer we're going to have, Chris. So it was a toss-up. We did our flight. We kind of tasted everything. Um, they had this Vienna Lager, 1502 Vienna Lager. And they also had a Mar- uh, Marzen, Marzen, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Uh, both of them were pretty good. I think we decided to go with this 1502 Vienna Lager. Uh, one, because we both really like Vienna Lagers. The balance are really you know, easygoing, drinkable yeah. German beers. We like the style. It's very... Uh, with Vienna Lagers, if they're done well, there's a lot of intent. Even though it's easy drinking, there's a lot of artistic intent there still. There's a lot of definition. Uh, it's very, very... As far as far as like the balance goes between malts and hops and stuff like that. Yeah. So. I'd say artistry <clears throat> within easy drinking, which is yes. very rare, I it's think, hard to is do. to do like craft beer and still have it be easy drinking that most people... Like this is a beer, I'd say most people who are quote-unquote into beer mm-hmm. that aren't really into craft beer scene, they just drink lagers and they like to yeah. drink... Like, like we joke, old man beer. Like this is mm-hmm. like the craft old man beer. Let's say, yeah, if you like... A Budweiser, or even if, like, this is kind of more along the lines of, like, a Boston lager. Yes. If you like Boston lager, this is, you're probably going to really like this one. Uh, it's a little bit heavier than your standard Americans. Uh, but it's good. It's very accessible. Uh, the second reason we chose this is because we do want to look at the staples that they offer. This is 1502 lager is one I've seen myself a couple times. This uh, is the first beer I ever had from them. Yeah, this is, like, one of the ones they're known for, you know. So, I had this on, like, a hot July evening <clears throat> and I like pounded it and was like, "Holy cow, that's so good!" Yeah. Um, so when you do a spotlight, not only is it a good beer, uh, very drinkable. We're doing it in the winter time, so it's about six months difference in yeah in temperature <clears throat> here. But you do want to include like we have a spread tonight that's going to be a little bit more of the varieties, a little more of the artist uh, side of it of the brewing. But this is a very much a, a staple that we've seen there a few times. Yep. So you got the standard, and you have the more experimental stuff to try to balance it out. Yeah, let's pour it. You ready? Yeah. All right. And we got three crawlers, so each of us get a pint tonight. Instead of splitting a pint can, we get to split a 32. Yeah. So. Chris is making a mess again. Making a mess. I don't know how to pour crawler. I don't know why. But this is like one thing that it's I can't. always you're right. Anytime we get a crowler, look, it's like sticking to the side of the can. Ah, it's, it's hard not. You gotta to... commit. You're not committing all the way. It's like a girl, Chris. 
Well, and commit all the way to the committing grill. Committing all the way means I have to hard pour it. I'm trying to pour you a nice No, no. You can tilt the glass in nice hard. He's got excuses, ladies. Don't let him. That's right. Don't, don't let him fool you. I got plenty. He's got lots of excuses for why it's not working. It'll mm-hmm. work just fine her way. Yeah. Now the cabin's half empty. It pours just fine. There you go, Jordan. You get the nice pour? No, I get the shitty pours, what you mean. Shitty? You want this one? You got one with like a you know a quarter, half inch ahead. You got one that's like an inch ahead. Which one do you want? Mm-hmm. Just give me this one. You want that? I gave you a choice. Remember, I gave you a choice. What are your thoughts? Sorry, we're supposed to cheers. I drank. I'm being rude. Oh. I'm going to call myself out. Oh, man. Smell. Sorry. And drink. Oh, drink or it's bad luck. Um, so, <clears throat> just, you and I both like this October style, the, the German October-ish beers. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to point out that, um, between the Vienna Lager and the Meritzen, or the Marzen, depending on how you want to call it. Oktoberfest. Um, Oktoberfest style, like, yeah. they're all, they're all malt forward. They're different. It's they're all medium-bodied malt-forward mm-hmm. German lagers, and mm-hmm. Chris and I like people will tell you there's a difference as far as how you taste them. They taste pretty similar most of the time. I would yeah. argue, yeah, they're, they're very very similar, but there are specific things like you and I like Vienna lagers because there's a balance between the German yeast, the malt, and the hops, whereas a Marzen's a little bit more maltier. Sure, I agree. Yeah, but I think like <clears throat> I think most of the time they're gonna be in a pretty comparable bar par- ballpark. Yeah. But I even think like I think there's a case to be made that this Vienna Lager was maltier than the Marzen that we had over yeah? there because I, think so. I got more of the grain between the two. And this which, one. Mhm. And this one, then, which is why I liked it better. So. Interesting. Yeah, I know. Oh, and so we have to do a disclaimer too, though, that when we tried these, I had the merge and he had the Vienna Lager. On our each one of us did a different flight. We staggered our flights. We both started off with kettle sour and then transitioned into these. So uh, that was very interesting to go from a kind of a tart sour. Yeah, to a very I mean, for beer. me, it's problematic. I didn't enjoy that transition as much, but I yeah, think it was here. fine. Um, Most people probably wouldn't notice. You know. But these are so laid back as far as craft beer goes. They're not as in your face as some of the IPAs can be or some of the sours. Yeah. These are very, very relaxed, laid back, you know. I like it a lot. It's I think really good. It's just I can name a time that drinking this beer is a bad idea. It's never a bad idea. It's wintertime. These are normally enjoyed like in the end of a, you know, towards the end of a summer or a, a warm fall. And we're in the middle of winter. It's like 40 degrees outside. California winter, disclaimer. Look, if you had this recipe and you could brew this and keg this. Mm-hmm. I would always have it. All the time. <laughs> yeah. I would have it ready. Like you come over to my house. Hey, you want a beer? It'd be one of these. Here you go. I made some other stuff, but I always would probably have this one. Excuse me. Woo. So... It's very good. This is one of the more balanced ones that we've had too. The the one that really kicked it off was it the one that we ordered from Tavor, Devour. That one I had, had this before. Oh, you did. Okay. So but, I had this 
and then your order came in from Tavor the next couple of days. You and your dad had a couple, and then we split one. And the one from Tavor is better. But it wasn't by much. It's Not very, by much. It's what kicked the style off for us to start paying attention to these. Well, know. I think... You know, we talk about this all the time. Like, Brewer's Intent really muddies the water in a lot of ways. So, like, when you talk about, like, Pale Ale versus IPA. Um... Like, there's some muddy water, or like double versus triple, or single versus double. Like, all those different mm-hmm. kinds of distinguishing factors. There's certainly a lot of wiggle room as far as expression within IPAs, which makes... Like, when I make a blanket statement, like, pound for pound, New Glory's IPAs are better than Track 7's. Well, I think it's, you and I are yeah. in agreement, if it's you had to muddy. pick to, like the, like, the numbers, as far as, like how that works it's a little bit difficult to do that but if you drink the vienna lagers mm-hmm. it becomes pretty clear who knows how to like m- intentionally make a simple beer that can easily be, be mis miscalculated or like easily be poorly made right like yeah. this is this is a style where oh, i see what you're saying like or if you don't know how to specifically make a Vienna lager, yeah. like a malt forward lager, like malt forward yeah. medium body lager with German yeast, yeah. um, then it it's easier to sort of see who really knows what they're doing mm-hmm. versus not. Like like in the Oktoberfest style is a way which is very similar to this. Mm-hmm. Is something I've been on record as to saying I've sort of tried to compare breweries pound for pound based on how well they do their Oktoberfest style. So, like, yeah. I don't like Track 7's Oktoberfest. Yeah, it's okay. And it's, yeah, I would much rather have Munch on this from New Glory. They're Oktoberfest. You know, that is good. That is a good one. That's a very, very so, good one. So, what about Fort Rocktoberfest? It's really good. That's a really good one, too, right? It's funny because that's probably the best pound for pound local one around town. Yeah. But they're not the best brewery. But New Glory coming in a second. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. So the for most of you guys that are listening to this, you've probably had the Sam Adams Oktoberfest. That's pretty common, uh, very popular. Uh, I think we've talked about it before. Sierra Nevada rotates their brewery partner. They partner up every year with a German brewer and make a different one. Two years ago was pretty incredible. Uh, last year's was okay. Uh, this year's wasn't... I. I it feel was, like they've gone down each year. Yeah, well, a couple of years ago is when we started paying attention. They teamed up with that brewery that was almost a thousand years old, and that was really good. That was a really good beer. Mm-hmm. But still, and we've had that, one more before that. We've had four. We had four. Okay, yeah. so but I would still put Sierra Nevada's best at number three compared to Fort Rocktoberfest and Munch on this. As far as the Sierra Nevada's Oktober- best at number three. Yeah, that's what I'm oh. saying. That's how good these two are. That's that's what I'm trying to tell people. I put Oktoberfest number four. Behind Sierra Nevada's best. Oktoberfest uh, from Sam Adams, they don't change it ever. It's the same recipe every year, as far as I know. Yeah, I mean, this year I think it was better than the Sierra Nevada's. Yes, I think it's kind of the gamble that Sierra Nevada plays every year. They kind of, you know, change the recipe. Some are going to be better, some are not going to be as good. Which, I appreciate that, but as far as, like, what people have tried, if you thought the Sierra Nevada one was pretty good this year, and if you really like Sam Adams' Oktoberfest, but you haven't tried New Glories or Fort Rocks, you're missing out. You know? Yeah. You're missing out. Also, side note, Chris and I saw an old man choke 32 ounces of beer in under eight seconds when we went to Tracktoberfest at Track 7. 
Yep. And it's pretty unreal. I have a video as proof. If anyone ever calls me out, says we did, we made that story up, I have video proof. But that was that's one of the fun things with all these uh, breweries around here when they have those drinking games. That was a contest, right? It was who can drink 32 ounces. Uh -huh. And the stage was full of frat guys. It's all frat guys and then one old dude. They had very, very, and he had like a 30-year-old ham shirt on. It was Olympia or... or it was uh, hams. It was hams, yeah. yep. And I said, Jordan, look out for this guy. He's not <laughs> messing around. <laughs> you called it, too. Yeah, it like he's got like 20 years. Homeboy downed it. Like, downed it. Like, he just opened up his throat, tipped it back, and it was like... <laughs> Like, for a minute, no one clapped. Like, no one yeah. could believe that it was over so quickly. Well, because the frat guys weren't even close. To, they're, like, halfway the, done. The closest one was halfway done, yeah. yeah. So everyone was like, yeah, they're going, yeah, yeah. And they look at the very end, and this dude is, like, standing there. <laughs> and the Just girls' like, division oh. ended in, like, 56 seconds or something, which is pretty quick. That's, that's a lot of, I mean, I struggle the, sometimes drinking a pint. 32 right? ounces a lot of, of beer, beer in 56 seconds is that's a lot. pretty Especially intense. serve it cold, you know, they're... And that big stunt, like, yeah. I don't think I could do it. No, I don't, that's what I'm saying. I don't think I could finish a 32. Give me 10 minutes, maybe. My stomach's just not that big. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm just not conditioned for that kind of comedy. Yeah. yeah, those girls were throwing. Not even gonna. Not even gonna front. Yep. But yeah, this field work beer is pretty good. So I think you know we had two beers. I think that were similar. So you and then I had a this one over. Uh, they're Martin, right? They're, they're comparable. Was... They're comparable. I, I so think... So, we talked about it being a staple, but what was your ideology? What, why did you want to pick this one instead of the other one? You said you liked this one a little bit more? I liked the... I think the grain was a little bit more prominent than the Marzen. Which is interesting. Usually but it's... Usually yeah. it is the other way around. That's very interesting. Um, but what was kind of nice was sh sort of shocking your palate with the sour at the brewery. Because Chris yeah. and I went into this very business-oriented. We knew, like, we drove to Urban Roots. We already knew the board of Urban Roots. We were, we pretty much had our crowlers picked out. And we show up in the brewery's close because we're idiots. <laughs> and yeah. oh, we're like, oh, well, shoot. We're, we're drinking beer and we're recording an episode. I don't care. So when we went to field work, we figured oh. originally we could just pick three cans. And then the board looked pretty freaking great. And it was pretty freaking great. So we had to drink through some flights. Had to. So this Twist is kind my of, arm. What's funny, this is the approach that we were talking about, though, on the way, when we were walking there because it was a mile walk. This is kind of what we recommend for people to do when it, they go to a brewery. Right. right? Like, and so we – it came down to we really couldn't decide. Like, I wanted to grab the lager, and Chris was like, well, you know that Marzen's probably pretty good. I'm like, fuck, you're right. I don't want to ask this poor beer tender for all these samples. Which yeah. is rude, by the way, people listening. Don't yeah. ask for a bunch of samples and order one beer. Like, if you're going to get it, yeah. no more than two samples. Um, well, so I, I, I would like to say, can I throw in my two cents on this one? Sure. So I go to New Glory enough where they, they all pretty much know who I am. Because so I go to school right down the street. You did too for a little bit. Uh, they know us because we talk about them all the time that we go in there and drink beer. So whenever I walk in, they'll just give me something. Like, oh, have you tried this new one? Here, try this real quick. And I sometimes I don't even have to ask. Uh, I'll go in on can releases and say, hey, you guys have two cans out or three cans out. Do you mind if I try each one because I wanted to take some home? And I usually do buy a bunch of beer and take it home. It's not just one pint, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm drying a couple stuff because I intend to spend some, some money and purchase a product. I'm not just trying to get free beer out of them. Like, right. I think maybe sometimes people feel that way. Or they can go in and get some free samples. 
they you know they don't charge you for those, but they are losing money off of that. You know they're giving you a, you know an ounce of beer for free each time. So so we did some flights because oh yeah back to business. We wanted yeah. to do. You know, looking at the board, we wanted to do like a malt forward beer, a hot forward beer, and a sour. It just we weren't super drawn to the dark beers. The dark few dark beers I've had by uh, field work, I haven't been blown away. Still, still really like they're they're really good. They're done really well. Yeah. Um, not throwing any shade at field work, but I uh. That was sort of where we were leaning, I guess. So we decided to do some flights, and then have after having our palate shocked. Oh yeah. Um, I just I got more of a grain mouthfeel from this one mm-hmm. than than the other, than the Marzen, and I uh, I think this is a better beer. You know, it is it is definitely a good choice. Uh, but uh, for many if, reasons, this is very, very. You, I guess this, this is never a wrong choice, is what you're trying to say. No, right? and that's what's like. I don't know. It's also it's also sort of nostalgic for me, which I think plays a part. Where this is the first beer I ever had from them, and mm-hmm. I mean, I think even to our listeners, you know, when you're there's there are beers that catch your palate at just the right time. Where you know it was yep. a hot summer day, yep. I was thirsty and I just like downed a pint and was like, "Holy cow, give me another!" Yeah, well, this is definitely a very classy beer. It's uh, it's kind of what you like about field work. We talked about this when we're walking over there. This is kind of the embodiment of it, where they just they just seem to know what they're doing, and it's really nice. And like not like kind of in your face kind well, of. They way. have three locations. True. In True. different areas. They have a Berkeley location, a Napa location, yeah. and a SAC location. So it's not like like some of the local places. Like we just walked by uh, one of the Vice's Midtown locations we didn't even know existed. We were right down the you way know? from Big Stump. Yeah. Like that just has that one small little tap room. Like they got three. But I'm saying like these guys, the picking the Vienna Lager is a good metric. And the fact that this is a very good Vienna Lager. Uh, it's an indication that they just they just have things figured out, and this is kind of I would say this or one of their really laid back hazies like the one we're about to jump into. Uh, they just have this way. It's kind of something similar that Moonraker does, but we talked about Moonraker being the kid that could do better that doesn't try as hard as they should sometimes. Feel, <laughs> right? That's kind of that's what we. I'm talked really about. glad we have you on the record for that. Yeah, well, we call Moonraker out all the time. I'm waiting to get a phone call or a Facebook message from someone that works there anytime. Hey, we will talk to whoever in the beer yeah. industry. We we are yeah. not a sponsored podcast. We are not paid to say nice things. No, we just um, say how it is, and that's kind of how I feel about it. We right aren't there. above taking offers yeah. either, if you're listening. Um, but I'm so. saying, like, like field work is kind of – they're really good at making hazies. They're really good at making uh, interesting – like, this one's pretty good. I mean, like you said, they're not the best at stouts or porters, but I've had a couple good ones from there when I was there last time. But this is actually the first time you and I have been there together. I think – hey, right. We've both been multiple times, uh-huh. too. That's one of the few breweries mm-hmm. where up until tonight we'd both been multiple times and neither we haven't been together. Yep, and then we probably scared some people nerding out because uh, we did. Uh, we'll, we'll probably talk about me the IPAs, but we, we stagger our flights if you guys hadn't uh, picked up on that from our different beer. Chris and I and... draft beer flights oh, the way yeah. football teams draft players. Like we, 
All right, I'm going to take him. Yep. All right, I'm going to take him. Like, yep. like, we're the team captains on the playground, and we, we draft our beer down the line. Yep, that's how we did it in, uh, was it San Diego? We tried 67 different beers. So that one, there was flights. some overlap, and that's why in Portland, I told you, like, there's going to be no, no overlap. overlap. Yeah, Portland was gnarly. How many did we have in Portland? I forget. It was too many. 70, it was like 80-something. like 80. Oh, man, that's right. We did a lot in Portland. We didn't get to the 10 breweries. We got to 9, didn't we? Or 8. And that's why I told you, like, when we were talking about oh. doing either 10 breweries or 100 samples, to do that, like, oh. if San Diego was like a 6, Portland uh-huh. was like an 8. Uh-huh. And then at Seattle, we'd have to go up to 11. Like, I don't want to go up to 11. Like, 8 was enough for me. Oh, man. That's, yeah, we Red Bulled halfway through the day. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. Um, but that's this kind of how, yeah, the, too same, much. the same approach that we have from all these beer adventures. Yes. We just did it at Fieldwork. It's a really strategic way to try stuff across the board. Like, we tried 12 different beers. Yes. Like, different beers. And we came, we tried to pick them, not just what do you have can i get something else we tried to run the spread you know so we'll we run kinda, the spread like, so we're being transparent run the spread within what we were going for and chris mm-hmm. and i neither one of us has been blown away by like again have we haven't been blown away by dark beers or at least we feel like if you're going to field work and you leave saying hey the stout was my favorite for uh, the most part i think you only had the stout it's a bad day. It's or a bad day you board. didn't really try the board. Like or yeah. maybe you don't you don't know enough about beer and you just like dark beer a lot. Yeah. Because maybe. like if you could pick one style to go for. For field work? Field work. It's gotta be their hazies. Yeah, so I mean I would say IPAs being one category is what I would go for. Yeah, yeah. I'd go for IPA. So if we break up like four categories, malt forward, um, sours. IPAs, dark barrel, even five categories, and then Belgians being the fifth because they do that yeah, too. Yeah, they do a lot of Belgians. Like I would, you're going to you're going to field work for IPAs yep. more often than not, and then I think you're going for sours, which is second. And funny, as much as you know not like Belgians, I think you're going for Belgians third because they yeah, do so many. They do a lot. There's a scene for them here. I think it's funny that you and I avoid them as much as we can we just both agree it's just our personal preference i don't like belgians you don't like belgians except for that one that we had the other night i know this is off topic that one that was like uh the what were they called uh one banana or something like that what was that one called that how was a half was a half yeah it's similar i don't think that was a belgian yeast though it tasted belgian the halves and belgians are very similar uh, I think it has to do with the yeast a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit different than malt. Uh, they can't be too far off, but that was really good. Um, but yeah, if it's not a Belgian, then yeah, it's kind of clear. New Hovesha, something bananas. Yep, something bananas. Oh, sorry, I'm yawning. I had a long day today. Ah. Tally me banana. Yes, that was it. That was it. That was a really good half. Excuse me. So, let's see. Maybe I'm wrong. Because isn't uh, Blue Moon technically a Belgian white? Oh, it's Imperial. It's an Imperial Vice. So, okay. yeah, which is like it's a Berliner Vice. Okay. I think. Let's still check. Half a Vice? Half a Vice, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't really say. Let's put. Okay. 
So if you can't put your label on your beer, at least put it on your website, please. Please. Like, we like your beer. Can we learn about it? Can you tell us what's in it? You know, could we, like, if we see these ingredients on a different beer that you've made, could we would probably want to try that, too. It just helps you out. Just do a little bit of extra effort. With a touch of milk sugar. Interesting. Ooh, yeah. Let's do a Google search. Imperial Vice. That beer was good, by the That's way. So good. I usually don't like those kinds. So I don't like Belgian yeast. That's my thing. I don't like. Oh, it's a Berliner Weiss. Okay. Really? Oh wait, no. Just kidding. It could be either. Okay. I think it's an Imperial Hef. It tasted like a Hef. The banana clove is yeah, traditional yeah. with the Hef style. And I'm not gonna lie, that's the best Hef I've had since the American River Hef. Yeah. I could drink that all day. Mm-hmm. That, was that was so good. Really like, good. When when I have more assets to be like brewing beer every weekend. I want to have, like, a keg. Like, you want to have a keg of this at all times? I want to have a keg of, like, banana half. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. You know that would go really well with barbecue, too. I mean, it goes... Same like this. When does it... When's it a bad idea? It's never a bad idea. Shout out to New Helvetia, because we don't show them any love ever. We went there... One time. I think, yeah, we had a couple beers and we weren't super impressed back then, but it was a couple years ago. We had a Buffalo Lager that was good. That, that was good. I would say, yeah, it's on par with the Fort Rock Lager, and I think it's better than a couple, I'd say it's way better than a couple of the, the lagers and the, the NGB Pilsner that New Glory put out. Um, I think, didn't Track 7 put out one lager that we tried? It was okay. They put out that dry hopped pilsner with the chicken yeah. on the can. That's right. We, yeah, so New Helvetia does make a pretty good lager, which is hard to make too. A lot of places around here don't make lagers because of the processing. It's more expensive. It's more difficult. It has to be refrigerated, and especially here where we had 80-degree weather up until the end of November. You know, That beer was That's... so good, I'm willing to go check them out a second time. Oh, the yeah, Cali Bee Banana. Mm-hmm. No, that was – that's what I'm saying. Before that – it had been a couple of years since we'd been there. They might have they might have changed up a lot, you know. Like, yeah, things could have happened. That was a very good beer. You know, and I will to their credit, they did have is either a can release or two can releases over Beer Week that specifically got my attention hmm. for some IPAs that looked interesting. But because I wasn't super slow, I haven't gone. But that Tally Me Banana yeah. Man, like, it's a game changer. That over was, at Brass uh, Tap. Over on... Yep. Uh, Shout out to Brass Tap in Rockland. Yeah, it's pretty good. Right next to Studio Movie Girl. Uh, oh. Right off of 80, off of Sierra College. Yeah, Brass Tap. Pretty good. It's one of our favorite places. Even like, I think this last time we went, there was a little bit... Like, the style... The, not the style. The um, the selection was... It's a little smaller. Was a little bit more uneventful at the surface. Uh, that, that's true. But yeah. like... Uh, that Tally Me Banana really saved the day because there was a revision hazy that I had, and then I went with Tally Me Banana. Oh, you stuck with it. And I, uh, yeah, I one. got yeah. another one, and yeah. that doesn't really happen for us. No. Like, we don't really ever think something's so good, I'm going to ignore the rest of the menu. And some yeah. of that is because the menu was a little bit limited, but yeah. also, Tally Me Banana was that good. It was, it was two pints worthy. Really good. That's or two thing. 12 ounces, whatever it was, so, and a half worthy. Yeah, the, it was at 8.1%. So yeah, I think it was yeah they give you a smaller pour. But with halves, I don't know about you, but they are usually I can't drink through them the same as I can drink through like this Vienna Lager or like a good IPA. 
I usually get kind of full or tired or like done with the with beer after one of those. The fact that you had two pints of it or two two pours of it, that itself says a lot of its drinkability. And eight one point eight point one percent. So like yeah. I think this this one is certainly more drinkable, but like it's not. I mean that Tommy banana. That was While so we're getting good. off topic, I'm sorry. That was work so that good. I'm, like heaping love on New Hovesha. Well, which is like neighbors. New Hovesha is over by Broadway, right? It's true. So it's a, you know. A which, to be honest, up. like Fieldwork pound for pound, I think is a, a much better brewery. Oh yeah, but um, but that. Oh man. It's pretty good. It was Vienna Lager is pretty fantastic. This is... I don't usually go for staples. Mm. Normally I go for what we we could try. I think you hit But a, you heard me in the yeah. brewery, man. The, it was on the board. It's like, we have to get that. Well, but, yeah, but it's, it's like what you said at the beginning of this podcast, too. It's normally when you and I are trying stuff, we're looking for the crazier stuff, the more experimental stuff, to see what the brewmaster or the brewers have under their belt. Well, you see a Vienna Lager, like, oh, this is kind of like a measuring stick. This is like okay, it's not how crazy can you get. It's how how well can you color within the lines. Oh, this is the and big it, dong yeah. in the beer community of Vienna Lagers. Like, I would put this up against the Fort Rock Marsden, man. Yeah, it's really good. But that's what I'm saying. Even the the ability to make something like this is its own caliber. It's its own you know defining type of type of thing. Where, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys get me. So not necessarily. I mean, anyone can put hot sauce. On the on your dinner and make it really exciting, but how good? Here's the thing. Make it okay. spicy. Here's 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 okay. This is something I said recently. I haven't said for a long time. Everyone wants to be the icing. No one wants to be the cake. You got to have good cake. This is right here. This is it. We're talking about booty now, or are we talking about cake? icing and cake? Like okay. cake. Just want Everyone likes the frosting, but no one worries about being good cake. This is solid. That's what I'm saying. This is some good cake right here. This is the foundation. This, this is, is this little... is the muffin. It's not the yeah. cupcake though. Uh huh. Yeah, this isn't flashy at all. This is this is the this is the part you're actually taking in. This is the creativity. This, this is, is the, the chocolate chocolate the... muffin. But then if you put icing on and little sprinkles, people are like, oh shoot, look at the cupcake. You're like, no, no, it's chocolate muffin. Yeah, it's it started. It had to start off as a really good muffin. That's what I'm saying with this. You have to really put some beer together to make a good Vienna lager. Like, you got to have some stuff figured out. You know what I mean? You can't have a really awesome cake with, like, really cool decorations and stuff if the cake itself tastes like shit. You know what I mean? It's true. Icing isn't going to... you got to know how to make good cake. This is it. <laughs> Icing doesn't save the day. Beer is like a 12-year-old boy. Axe won't make him smell better. Ah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta grab that beer and talk to him about hygiene. You know, there's a talk about birds and the bees. Ooh, you know, awkward. Yeah, it's awkward, but you gotta do it. You know, if you want that beer to grow up and be successful, and it's awkward. You know, this is that beer. This beer has it figured out. It's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> to our listeners out there, I have the most awkward birds and the bees talk in history. Yeah. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Well, oh man, you know we we keep saying this would be an awesome time if we had a uh, email or a Facebook or something be like comment with your awesome birds and the bees story. <laughs> no, <laughs> we can talk about it. Next no, 
Wow. But we do realize... My dad had it with me on the way home from Disneyland, and oh. it turned into more of a, like, what kind of game you got spiel. Mm-hmm. Like. Interesting. Like, he, he approached it as if I knew nothing, which was his first mistake, and then, mm. um, like, we talked about names of positions, we talked about group sex, uh-huh. uh, we talked about when it may or, like when you would and when you would not use a condom oh. thanks dad <laughs> okay which is just an awkward conversation to have with your father by the way we were like i mm. yeah and you're 13 just put that in the you're like i does it kind of take away from the disneyland trip if that's the the bookend. You know, in my head, if Did we're being just... honest, I think I separated them as two different moments. Two different experiences. <laughs> there was the there was the drive there because we drove. Yeah, that's pretty great. There's the drive there Disneyland. in the Disneyland trip, mm-hmm. and I still remember that I. Uh, so those of you who listen who know me know that anytime someone's not talking to me, I pretty much spend my time critical thinking about a bunch of nonsense. I could be. Yeah. Critically thinking about how to train your dragon. I could be critically thinking about beer. Such a good movie. Though. Or I could be critically thinking about important things. Oh, like oh, one oh, time. Oh. Hold Real on. Quick. Okay. Hold on. All right. All right. My brother made fun of me because <laughs> I got to go on all these fun trips right before I went on the Disneyland trip. And what I didn't realize was, you know, one time he got to go to Tahoe. And then he got the sex talk on the way home. <laughs> and then right when I thought that, I was like, oh, wait. Because we were driving home, and we were about an hour into the drive. I was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm about to get. And right as I said, I'm about to get, my dad started with the. So there comes a time in every man's life. I was like, oh, oh no. No, he did it. He took me to Disneyland for three days just to talk to me about sex. Like, Dad, it was going to be so much cheaper if you just walked down the stairs and had a talk with me. It was going to be just as awkward. Like, you think it's not going to ruin it? Like, I mean, clearly it didn't. I mean, he knew his son, I guess. But, like, (sighs) truth be told, my dad just loved Disneyland. And one, he's like, if I got to talk to him, we're going to Disneyland for three days. Yeah. Just me and him. Just me and him. Just, no, woman, you don't know. All right, cool. Hey, so. (laughs) <laughs> if I don't talk to you about this, your mom's going to get mad at me. It's basically what that uh, talk was. Man. Which I wish my dad wasn't so awkward that he couldn't just be like, yup, so if I don't like scar you a little bit, your mother's going to think I didn't do my job. I'm going to yell that for taking you to Disneyland and not the rest of the family if I didn't like do some damage. So I'm going to have to do that. Yeah. Makes sense. But yeah, so my dad kind of ruined Mickey Mouse for me because I can't <laughs> not go to Disneyland and not remember that story, but... So my family no. goes to Disneyland a lot, so it's yeah. a little bit it's a little bit of a weird thing. Oh memories. Alright, what were you gonna say though? So you brought up how to train your dragon. And Don't uh, ruin that for me too while we're what? at this. No 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 no, no. Okay. you don't like this. One of our favorite things to do is to come up with unpopular opinions. Because for some reason we like controversy. Yeah, unpopular well. opinion How to Train Your Dragon trilogy better than Star Wars seventy nine. Ooh, I'm on board with that. Yeah, right. I'm there. <laughs> I said you'd like this one. I'm there. I don't know if anyone else is fighting like me. This one, but... It's not close oh, either. Oh, man. Yeah. Episode 7's a reboot of 4. Episode 8 can get the fuck out of here. And mm-hmm. 9's... 9's alright. Nine, 9 tidies everything up in a convenient nine's way. 9's cool. Yeah. 9's cool. I don't have a beef with 9. Yeah. 7's good. But here's the thing. 1... How to Train Your Dragon 1 beats Star Wars Episode 7. Uh-huh. 
Her Train Dragon 2 wrecks Star Wars Episode 8. That's a shitty uh-huh. movie. I don't... Fight me. Yeah. And then I'm going to give a push between 3 and 9. Yeah? I'm going to give a push. Oh, man. Because they both wrap up the stories conveniently. Yeah. I like How to Train Your Dragon 3 better. But I, I just want to be... I want to... Yeah. I'm going to play bias for the Star Wars fans. Yeah. I think episode... Spoilers. Potentially. I don't know yet. I just don't think that... Star Wars Episode Nine is that good, but I will I will give. Well, hopefully you've seen at least How to Train Your Dragon three at this point. And Star Wars just came out, but. And even if you want to give a push to one versus seven, then I'm gonna give the edge to three uh, versus nine. I think pound for pound, How to Train Your Dragon. The just. Or the, even you could story. tie them up. You could tie them up. One versus seven equal. Uh, three versus nine equal. Two Rex eight. Therefore, it's the superior trilogy. Fine. I'm yeah. fine with that, too. It's not close. You know, what's funny Seven's is... good. I enjoy Seven, if I'm being honest. Well, Seven's probably the best of the trilogy. So we're talking about... Uh, yeah, Seven was good. That was really good. I liked, really liked the idea. I think J.J. Abrams did a fantastic job uh, catering to a movie that would be really hard to make uh, for most people because of the... Uh, the hardcore following these movies have. Star Wars has like the hardest core fans. The most you know, movies are still overrated. Well, the Star Wars Seven he did a really good job of making fans happy. Everyone, if you were that was one of those movies. The more you know about Star Wars, the more you like Number Seven. Sure. It's there's a lot of depth in there as far as the history or the ideology from the books, all that stuff. But I would have to say, uh, How to Train Your Dragon One Two Three has better character development overall. If you look at it, the characters versus the Star Wars the third trilogy but that being said and as much as we hate number eight my favorite character growth moment was when Yoda is talking to Luke Skywalker that is my favorite part of the entire trilogy we are what we will outgrow uh-huh where he's talking or we about we are what they will outgrow yeah he's, he's talking about being a master and failing his his student and he's worried and you know that's kind of like Luke Skywalker had a really long story arc at that point. You know what I mean? Like seven movies or five movies. Sorry, I can count. <laughs> I can count. So it just, you know, I felt that. I, I was I was on board with that because him and Yoda have always been, been tight, you know, until Yoda passed and turned to the Forest Ghost. They're still pretty tight, but, you know. I think that character development of watching him go from it's a cool part of that movie. Yeah, that's... It's one of the few good parts eight. of that movie. Yeah, that's... My favorite part of that movie mm-hmm. is watching Luke Skywalker force project himself and flex on Kylo Ren. Yeah. Because Kylo Ren thought he had him the whole time. Yep. Like, that's right. See, see you around, kid. It's the best part. As, to be honest, my favorite part of the entire trilogy. Yeah. See, that's the funny part. Still the worst movie. Eight, yeah. That's that's what I was going to say. Eight is still our least favorite movie overall. But it had some of the best terrible. Moments. That's a terrible movie. Yeah, it's not that bad. It's half just the not movie going to get one character that ended up being pointless. Or, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird. Still better than episodes one, two, and three, though, which are all terrible. True. Yeah. Man, we got to watch four, five, and six again. It just makes you want to watch those again. It's just, it just hurts my feelings that with limited technology, they made better movies than we can make now with infinitely better technology. It's the story, man. I, I agree. It just hurts my feelings that mm. you put J.J. Abrams 
in a room with all of these technology. Limitless potential. Grab the next can. We're waiting yeah. on you. We've been waiting on you. Have we? Yeah. I've been done. Miles yeah. T. Nursing again. That's right. Babysitting. Hey, you're the ones, you and Miles are the ones that keep talking to my parents about grandkids, all right? Put me on the, sh the shit list here. Yeah, you're the Growler Gang bully. He's a bully, everyone. That's right. I ask more of my friends than they ask of themselves. It makes me a bully. Because I call them out on it. Especially if it's <laughs> Logan. That's the part that makes <laughs> Especially if your name's Logan. By chance, and you drink beer. Logan doesn't listen. Remember, because <laughs> last episode we said, fuck Logan. Miles, I love you. <laughs> Oh, no, not the last episode. Logan was in the last episode. Whatever. We've recorded an episode that hasn't been put out yet, so... At this date. Christmas so... Yeah. The store, the in-store episode. Wait, sour You IPA. said sour than IPA. Sour than IPA. I just double-checking. Just double-checking. Sour IPA. Sour than IPA. <laughs> we did our in-store episode... And fuck Logan, because Logan doesn't subscribe to our podcast. And Miles subscribes, and Miles has been on the podcast. We love Miles. Love you, Miles. Oh. Yeah, Logan just drinks beer, so he has an excuse to hang out with us, I think. This makes us happy. He does bring good beer. That Ultima <laughs> IPA was really good. That's the funny part. That he doesn't funny. always have the best beer like you say he does, but he does do a good job. Pretty often he's the one that we like the most. No, the one stuff. you like the most. Well, we, and Miles just doesn't disagree with you. I just think, Jordan, you're not remembering things. Oh, let's have that talk. <laughs> All right, you can pour this one. Show me how to do it. You gotta commit. All right, and you gotta talk about it. Now, why we picked this instead of the other sour? I talked about why we picked this one over the last one. Did we? I pour this, and you talk about why we picked it. Okay, fine. Uh, this one's called Aloha. What was the other can? I don't know. You're talking about it. Oh, uh, okay. I'm so kidding. It's a uh, Aloha vibes. Okay. Kettle sour ale. Kettle at sour percent. We got them. to field work tonight. Oh, look, I didn't. I didn't. Huh? I didn't spill any. Yeah, that's, you make me pour. The, you should pour the third one too, then, so you don't spill any. Yeah, little bitch. Go for it. Gotta I'll commit. Take I'll take that. Gotta, as long as the beer doesn't get spoiled, I'm gotta fine. Gotta commit. I'm I'm bad. You gotta be be commit. into it. I just she it. likes it better when I you just, when you're into her. Hit it and put it. Want want to no, down here? No, no. Okay, well you could do that, but you gotta act like you're into her too <laughs> along the way. We care about her pleasure too. Female <sighs> listeners. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> this is good. So, oh, he did it again. Sorry. <laughs> All right, he's getting. Cheers. He's, he's too busy calling yeah, me out. Good, bad luck. If you guys notice the pattern, he calls me out on stuff and then drinks a lot, cheersing tonight. Apparently, sorry, I am. A, that's right. <laughs> that happened the last time. That's not been good. So this one is called the Loha Vibes Kettle Sour. When we got to New Glory, or field work, not New Glory. I it. was not getting coconut when we had this in the brewery, and no. right now I am getting coconut. Yeah, definitely getting coconut. So there were two kettle sours on the board. And this is part of the fun part about staggering your flights if you go with friends. I had one sour in mine, he had the other. He had Aloha, I had Vanilla Berry, which was exactly how it sounds, like a berry milkshake kettle sour. Pretty freaking good. Very mellow, very palatable, very drinkable for a sour fruity was good this one is more it's a kettle sour but it's more of a more of what you expect from a sour it's a little more tart 
Uh, I suspect it's uh, fruit choice as well as probably brewing process. This one is much more aromatic, much more in your face. The other one was more laid back. It was They're a hard choice. It's fruitier, I think. It's a little fruitier. Uh, it was it was a hard to pick between the two. I think this is the better choice, and even like having it at field work where we didn't taste all the stuff that we're tasting now, we still made the good choice. Like now, like you said, the coconut is one of the first things I tasted. Pineapple. Uh, I would like to know what the red color comes from. What kind of fruit that might be. So, I think that's also it's cool that we drink them in this order because I don't think there have been any times we've had two beers in alternating orders twice that we can at least remember where we've had this type of experience. At the brewery, we had Aloha Vibes, then 1502. Um, but we compared, well, we had Aloha, we had both, we had the Sours, uh -huh. followed by the, the German Lagers. Uh -huh. And for me, at least, this brought out, for drinking this first, Aloha Vibes, and then the 1502. Yeah. Brought out more of the grain characteristic. Yep. Whereas now, drinking the Lager, and then the Sour, mm -hmm. brings out more of this coconut characteristic out of this yep. one. Which isn't something I got at the brewery. Me, yeah, me either. So... When we talk about, like, we've mentioned before in past, we've, we will have, like, a warm-up beer. Or, like, we want to, like, warm up our palates or get our palates acclimated to what we're getting ready to do. Or if we have something in the middle of the flight, we'll say, oh, man, we drank these in the wrong order. It's really funny how correct order in flights really sort of did, I mean, well, not necessarily correct order, but order in flights really does sort of dictate yeah. the quality of experience, or at least maybe it just dictates the experience. I don't want to say quality. It just dictates the experience. I'm going to say quality because I get shit from my friends that I go out with, yeah, like the New Glory. I get the guys from school, Sac State, go down to New Glory, have some beer. They'll get a flight of four or five, and they'll just drink them in random order, and then I give them shit because they're not actually tasting the beer. And I think this is a very good example of what happens when you have them in the correct order, you can properly experience the beer. I think it does make a so, difference. So, but what I will say, though, is that in this application, going from 1502 to Aloha, or Aloha uh -huh. to 1502, I'm going to say that while you and I would typically lean towards doing 1502 than Aloha, uh -huh. more times than not, if those are the two options, we did learn something about both beers each way. True. So maybe there's True. at least there within is... this context, there's not a wrong way. Now yeah. I will agree with you that if you do like IPA stout sour than IPA, I'm like I don't even know what the heck you're doing with your life right or now. Or if uh, like sometimes I'll, I'll get really upset and my friends start with an imperial stout and then move into like a hazy or a double plus to IPA. That's like, dumb. You can't. You can't do. Well, you can, but you're basically turning your palate off. Like it's not going to. You're not going to taste everything. So that's that's my argument. People tell me I'm a snob, but I'm like, well, you're paying for good beer and you're not even tasting it. You know? So this I, – I do like that switching up the order gave us two different experiences with the same beers. That's actually really cool. Is that more of, a, a, you know, props to field work? For having beer that has a little bit more complexity like I that? I mean, I or? will give them props. Yeah. They did I a good mean, job on both these beers so far. They're but pretty great. Is that is that the ability their their beer making ability to provide that that type of depth in the beard, no matter the the order, you're gonna find stuff that's beyond the surface level of tasting. You know, the, the, you can actually there's enough in the beer 
to taste depth in it that will change depending on the order. If that makes sense. Depending on how your palate's primed, that has enough depth I do to adjust. Think, I sense? do think flight order does matter. It I'm does. just saying that Oh, I while it, it can and my point was that while it certainly can dictate the quality of your experience, uh-huh. I'm willing to take a step back after tonight and say it might not necessarily dictate it, it might well, just because it can doesn't doesn't mean it will, I guess is my well, point. That's my point is maybe maybe it does. It having them in this order changes the way your palate perceives the beer, but Fieldwork has enough depth in their beer making that even if you switch the order up and your palate's going in a different direction, there's still enough in that direction to taste depth. Sure. There's depth in different directions, is what sure. I'm trying to say. And that just goes to like their ability to make the beer. It's really like they know what they're doing. Sure. So right. now we agree that Fieldwork pound for pound, like if we had to take everyone's like if we put Marzins Oktoberfest and Vienna Lagers in the same category. We are comfortable saying that Fieldwork is a top five candidate for that category, based on the 1502. And the ones that we've had. Well, even like this Marzen we we had tonight, I'd yeah. say maybe like top five. Yeah. You might be able to like make a case that that Marzen we had tonight is top five Sacramento area Marzen alone, mm-hmm. or even that greater category. I think this 1502. Hands down, top two or three to me. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you're including, if you're looking at just Sacramento, it's definitely top three. If you're looking at national level, no, I mean um, just Sacramento area. Like, yeah, it's number three, definitely. At that's least what I'm saying it's number three. Fight me, it's number three. Um, right. and then I'm I'm not even saying I'm. Well, so Sacramento you have the 1502 at number three. Yeah. You have Munch on this and the Oktoberfest ahead yeah. of it. Uh-huh. And then 1502. Yeah. And then where is the, is the Mars in in those next couple slots? Or You know, it could go either way. really similar. You know what I would put, actually, um, ahead of this? I would put this at number four. What goes at number three? You're going to put Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest? Oh, no, no, no. They're down. They're down the list. Okay. That Rosh beer we had from... Urban oh, Roots. the Urban Roots Roush beer. That's technically a German Stay tuned for that. style. Um, you really technical. Stay tuned for that. We won't get into that. You're yeah. not wrong. That was good. You're not wrong. Uh, I mean, you can make a case for the New Glory Fest beer. Um, that was really good, too. Also really good. And so I, there's a lot of good German beer out there. But I think, like, pound for pound, no matter if you want to do the 1502 or the, uh, the Marzen, Oh, at field work. Field work is a top oh, five, yeah. a top five candidate, regardless of what you want to put in there, regardless uh-huh. of your palate. Um, and then depending on where they end up in your mind, I guess would determine sort of what you've had in the scene. But both beers are great. Yes. Now, if you had to, if you were gonna go drink a sour in the Sacramento area, you know, oh. hold on, before you go there, you know that they have a sour, and it's a good sour. Give me – you can do an order if you want. I won't put you on the spot like that. Hmm. But give me – maybe not a top five, but at least three or four breweries are heading to that have a good sour, that are known for having good sours. Well, it's definitely track seven. We agree on that. Like, hands down. Okay. Driving distance from where we live in Sacramento, slightly beyond. I'm going to include I mean, Moonraker. I mean, Sacramento. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hands down, track seven. If you get a sour from Track 7, I mean, it's we've never had a bad sour from them. It's always been not just good, but pretty great, right? 
I would agree. Uh, New Glory makes sours, but I think this sour and the one that we just had, the vanilla berry, are... If, if not, I don't think I've ever had any other sours from Fieldwork, but these two, just the, the quality of, of how they were made, like the amount of... Uh, like the, the tasting notes for these, like if you actually work through it, you're sipping it properly, tasting for everything. I think these are better than almost everything that New Glory's ever put out, as far as sours go. Like these two that we had tonight. Well, and... There's just a little bit more detail to them. And Fieldwork has the Parfait Sour Series. That's right. So, we've had a couple. Which is, is that part of the, like when we were trying the uh, Vanilla Berry, is that similar? Where they add a little bit of lactose I think so. So the Vanilla Berry, my anticipation is the Vanilla Berry added vanilla. Yeah. Whereas I'm pretty sure the ras the the parfait like the raspberry parfait like those kinds of beers, I'm pretty sure they add lactose. Yeah. That deserves a fact check. It's either lactose or vanilla. I want yeah. to lean towards lactose. I know it's one of those two things. I think the vanilla berry had a little bit of lactose in it tonight. Um, sweet. Sure. I just Maybe. I was you know to be yeah. honest I was chalking that up to it just said vanilla berry and I just mm -hmm. assumed it was vanilla. Uh, oh. But fieldwork to me you're right like. The next closest brewery to me as far as sours, and they're kind of cheating a little bit with this, would be Thin Line because that Berliner Wies, the light oh, duty, you can yeah. add syrups to it at the brewery. So they get eight or nine different flavors of the same beer at any given time wow. and a flavor or two or three depending on the time of year. Those uh -huh. are seasonal. Yeah. And but that's only one beer that they brew and they add they add syrup to it which is to be honest the traditional way of serving serving the Berliner Weiss mm -hmm. in Germany but as far as like actually brewing the beer and like brewing sours and then plus they have a sour series mm -hmm. i mean like track 7 has two sour series now they have the oh yeah, yeah and they have the, the gummy bear sours that's right now that a recent recent drop uh huh. Um, so, so like, what yeah. about like Burning Barrel? Haven't we had a sour from them? We've had a couple. Yeah. Burning Barrel has they're solid. They're all right. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna throw some love at Claim Steak. Mm. The East Side Punch was like one of my favorite yeah. sours of all time. See, here's the problem: is a lot of places around here don't make a lot of sours. You know who makes good sours? You know who's better? Um, then then who? Credit. Better than New Glory, like almost on par with Fieldwork. It's probably about on par with Fieldwork. Who? Um, Who am I forgetting? Out of Bounds. Oh. Yeah. They drop sours, and they're good. Even though they don't know what's in their sours or how they make them, if you ask them, they're still pretty good. <laughs> Chris asked one guy one time, <laughs> and he's an idiot. We're going to go on well, the record. Hey, hey, so, hey, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? No, there? not okay. Chris. The guy who worked at Out of Bounds, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> Is an idiot because. Uh, Go ahead, Chris. Well, I'm gonna let you tell the story. This was part of our experience. I, I carried this with me because I, I was so thrown off by the experience from feel, uh, Out of Bounds. When you and I went to San Diego, and we stopped at Kilowatt. That's why I asked the guy over the counter, "What's the difference between a kettle sour and American sour?" And he knew. He knew. Yeah, he makes the beer. He knew what was going on. Smart dude. But when I was at Out of Bounds, they had a tangerine kettle sour, I believe. That was the one I tried. Or apricot. I think it was apricot kettle apricot. sour. Apricot. There you go. 
And Chris had, remembered couple, something. That's important. They had a couple different sours that I've really liked. The apricot one was the first one that really caught my attention. I believe I, I really hadn't paid much attention to their sours before that. But I asked the guy over the counter. He said, "Hey, it's pretty good, uh, but I don't, I'm not familiar with kettle sours. So can you explain to me the difference between like a regular, like a normal sour and a kettle sour?" And uh, he didn't want to get too technical. He said, "I don't want to like you know." talk about the, the details no, he straight up know. said like yeah. hey man like well we just we cook it in the sour or we, we boil uh-huh. it in the kettle and well, it makes well, it less I, bitter i don't want to get too technical with you though uh-huh. and then yeah, you were yeah, like yeah, no yeah. man i'm a beer nerd you can talk to me talk to me about and he's like stuff. well we boil it in the kettle and it's less sour yeah thanks thanks dude well that would be what makes it a kettle sour i would assume from the label if you boil it in a kettle and then the result, at least we assumed, because we've had both barrel aged sours and kettle sours. Uh-huh. And the kettle sours are more mild. More fruity. Say. Yeah. Oh, the kettle sours are. Which is funny because that was the answer. Uh-huh. Because I, you know, we, uh. When I worked at Red Robin, we had the new Belgium rep come in. Yeah. And I was talking beer with him, and he ordered. He sort of admitted to me, I'm not going to give his name, because it's anonymous. Sort of admitted to me that anytime he goes out in public, he orders a new Belgian beer because he's a new Belgian rep and it looks bad if he works for a company that's drinking other company's beer. Hey, it's um, like new Belgium's not that great. In the okay. mainstream industry, I'm willing to see why that matters. In the craft yeah. beer industry, people support each other, so whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I said, hey, maybe you can tell me what's the difference between like a regular sour and a kettle sour. And he explained to me that most, like, the non-kettle sours are aged in a barrel. takes longer. Yep. And doing the, you know. Oh, man, they're tart, too. Ooh. Boiling it in the kettle sort of expedites the process. And then also you can do some fruitier, more accessible options mm-hmm. um, with the kettle. Yep. I can see that. <clears throat> Our best description did come from Kilowatt. Or would you say that the New Belgium rep was similar? I think. Because the, the guy I think from, they're similar. The New, you know, Kilowatt talking about you know using Greek yogurt and it comes out cleaner. Mm-hmm. I don't think we knew what we were talking, what he was talking about until we tried the beer. Whereas yeah. this conversation with the New Belgium rep that I had, I knew what he was talking about most of the time. Like I understood. Um, whereas like the Kilowatt rep, I had to try and be like, "What the fuck are you? Oh, yeah, that's what he means." Now I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit. Uh-oh. If it's something I have to remember, I'm probably not going to do well. It's fine. Okay. You're probably not going to do well. Um, name another sour you've had other than that apricot sour from Out of Bounds. I had a pineapple milkshake sour that was really good. I've had a tangerine kettle sour that was really good. And I believe they had some sort of red fruit. I can't remember which fruit it was. But it was a darker color. It was like a strawberry sour or something like that. So, hot take. Yeah, we like controversial opinions up in here. Uh oh, it's out of bounds. A top three sour brewery in the greater Sacramento area. I'm gonna say so, but the the catch is a caveat here. Uh, they don't make as many sours as they could, maybe as they should, because they. Actually so I'll put field work ahead yeah. of them because of volume. Now the name, I'm not necessarily gonna disagree with yeah. you because you're right. Out of bounds has done some good work as far as sours go. 
I'm gonna heap some praise on Moxa, which I know is pretty great. Last time I went, I know it's one visit, but I had multiple sours when I was there. This is the weird thing, man. At Mox, I had multiple malt forward beers, mm-hmm. I had multiple IPAs, I had multiple sours, and I had one stout. Everything was good. I, everything was good. Oh, that's why they're number six in the whole world, that's, man. Shut up. They're not number six <laughs> in the whole fucking world. That shit pisses uh, me off. But I will put some respect on Mox's name. Respect. That's well, R-E-S-P-E-C. Yeah. We don't care about the T. We have respect a- on Mo- Mox's name. I think between the cans that we've ever found, the collaborations... And then you going there. They've We've never had a bad beer from Moxa. Okay. Now, what I will say is we uh-huh. haven't had a great beer from Moxa either. No? Yeah. I'm going to go there. As until, until I went to the brewery. Oh, uh, I was going to say. I had, n- I had cold, not man. had a great beer from Moxa. And the meeting of the minds, that fruited peach bullshit that they did to me, uh-huh. was not okay. They were the worst beer of the Meeting of the Minds, Urban yep. Roots, and Moonraker beat the brakes off both of them. Well, yeah, Moonraker played it safe, though. Sure. So they beat the brakes Moxa off. Moxa didn't take a off. risk by doing a, a fruited IPA is not a risk, though. No? No. A fruited IPA? Come on. That's uh, true. Like, get out of here. Yeah. yeah. But, especially for Moxa, there's six best in the world, right? A fruited mm-hmm. IPA? No. Get out of here. Yeah. But it's like making sangria. I'm not gonna lie, that, like <laughs> that mosaic IPA we recently had at Urban Roots, we were oh, both blown that away. That was really good. Moxa has one too. Wow. Mosaic on my mind. Yeah. Ma'am. Yeah. It's the business. It's the business. No, Moxa. Better than the Urban Roots one. Mm, no. See? Oh. Mm. No, but that. Okay. To be fair though, that Urban Roots. Mosaic is one of the best IPAs I've had in a long time. Yeah, and that's... Man. Which, I mean, I'm going to put some respect on Urban Roots because that's a reason where we we're going to go tonight. And then we yeah. ended up at Fieldwork. Thank you, Fieldwork, for saving our evening because Fieldwork was fantastic yeah, field tonight. Fieldwork great. Um, but, but that's the thing. It's like, would you say that which one, which between Fieldwork and Urban Roots, though, is more consistently pretty great? Fieldwork. Yeah. But between fieldwork and urban roots, who's more consistently great fieldwork? Yes. Fieldwork really should have been when we did our top five breweries. Yeah. Fieldwork should be in my top five. It should be. Yeah. Fieldwork because I didn't do a fifth. Fieldwork is in my top five. Yeah. I was I they've been on my radar for like that kind of idea. Um. They're really experimental too. And when we get to the IPA part, we'll talk about it. But yeah, but no, Fieldwork's been great. Yeah. Uh, to go on record, my top five, and mostly in order, not really in order, would be um, Track Seven's my number one. Urban Roots is my two. Mm. I know. Well, you like barbecue. So. New Glory. No, this last time <laughs> they got my attention. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it more when we do a spotlight for them because. Um, yeah. Now you guys got an extra episode out of this because no, Urban Roots. Is we'll just, do an Urban Roots spotlight because Urban Roots beer needs the spotlight right now. They're coming up. They're like uh, they're coming up. They're and like the Clippers. They're like the Clippers. Oh, fuck you. Why? I'm um, root for the Lakers. Um, well, you're a LeBron bandwagoner, right? He's true. But, but um, I'm just saying, like LeBron the James bandwagoner. If you asked me it. like two three years ago, what team could be in the playoffs this year? A couple years ago, I'd be like, you know, it's Lakers, it's... The Clippers know. are a championship contender, not just in the... Stop it. 
That's what I'm saying. They're they're really good this year. Um, it's true. But they're. I mean, um, that's what I'm Urban Roots has always been good. But you're like, oh fuck, you know that's they're serious. New right Glory now. is my three. Yeah. Now, Here's I'm not like when I talk basketball. Fan, I shouldn't know anything about basketball. It's true. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not saying what I think. These these are the best breweries. I'm just talking about my personal favorites. Yeah, yeah. Pound for pound, I do think New Glory is the best brewery in Sacramento. But I was uh, saying, track the seven's my one. You like Urban Roots more? They just kind of came up. They just kind of came up. They're coming up. I man. mean, They're we'll talk about this shit. more in the the Urban Roots spotlight. But yeah. you know, you can get kind of everything you want from Urban Roots, which I usually go for. Urban Roots is my two. New Glory is my three. Um, Thin Line and Fieldwork are my four and five. And I don't like. It goes back and forth. It goes bit. back and forth, but yeah. like Fieldwork, I've been multiple. Like I've never had a bad time. And here's what's funny is like. This is where it gets a little bit skewed. I've had okay times at New Glory. Mm-hmm. I've had okay times at... Uh, so you're talking about the beer or the overall experience? The overall that, experience. Because I was going to say, if you're talking about Thin Line... Hold on, no, I'm not talking about Thin Line. I'm uh, saying between Urban Roots uh-huh. and New Glory, I've had okay times. As far as just beer goes. Uh-huh. <coughs> just so we level the playing field. Mm-hmm. And I've never had anything less than a good time. I feel work. Yeah. Or thin line. You're right. But that was my point. Is with thin line, it's it's hard not to take into account how cool the owners are. And they'll sit there and talk to you and you talk beer and they're they're awesome people. And I think that has a lot to do with the experience. A lot of the service of Fieldwork's fantastic too. It is it is fantastic, but Actually, all these breweries is great. Yeah, but like, I would field say, work, I want to, like, yeah. especially, like, the three girls working tonight. Oh, they were hustling, too. They, they were hustling, yeah. and they knew their stuff. Like, yep. shout Very out nice. to the girls. Like, fantastic job. But the the thing with the four of the five breweries you just mentioned are more popular, a little bit bigger, a little bit more about volume service, and, like, get people in, hanging out, whatever. Uh, thin You're line, right. All four, the, other than Thin yeah. Line, all four are pretty high yeah. volume. I like Thin Line because you can go sit up at the bar and talk to them for half an hour. Like, the owner is the one pouring your beer. And you can say, hey, like, Miles and I went in there. Excuse me. I, I think this is a, a sensitive topic when you were up the street and we didn't hit you up. But we were at Claim Stake and we were at Thin Line. But uh, I was down the street and I had texted Chris I was at Claim Stake. Yep. And him and Miles went to the brewery right at the block and didn't tell me mm-hmm. and then had the audacity to call me the next day and said, hey, what did you do last night? I was like, I texted you. Yep. But Miles and I sat at the bar Love you, Miles. at Thin Line and asked them because they had a, that's when they put their smash, their first smash out mm. and said, hey, why can't anyone do an El Dorado smash? We love El Dorado hops, all three of us, but no one uses El Dorado hops. It's really rare. And she took her pen and paper out and wrote it down. Said, "Oh, I'll talk to my husband. We'll see if we can do an El Dorado smash beer. That'd be pretty cool." And like, listen to us. We talked to her about the beer, you know, like about the ingredients, and how to make it, and but like they were they were right there. We we're talking. We we're hanging out. They're both pretty freaking cool. Yeah, but like how many even times when we went, we went once when neither one of them was there, and there was another girl pouring beer, uh-huh. and her friend was hanging out talking to her. Oh, that she was still pretty cool too. They, they were dope. Yeah, they're, that's what I I think when you talk about Thin Line, the beer is really good, but also you can't overlook like the chill vibes, like the the just it just feels like welcoming. It's really cool. 
And uh, field work is small. Uh, like tonight when you and I went, it was really busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they make a lot of good beer. It's, it's fair to say, you know, it's midtown. Everyone gets off work. They walk down the street, get a beer. Uh, it's just a different atmosphere. You know, they're very nice. They're very welcoming. But that when you, you brought up Thin Line, and it's a whole different atmosphere. It's so much Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I think field work... To kind of bounce it back to them, like they're oh, towards yeah, the yeah. top of the sour game, man. But they are like this, this. Like for us would, to have, like think of okay, there's breweries that like think of the breweries that get your attention if they drop a sour. Mm-hmm. Like, track seven, field work. Definitely like, track seven. Yeah. Track seven and field work are the top two that get my attention. Mm-hmm. And like if Burning Barrel drops a sour, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. But those are the three. I guess technically out of bounds. I guess I don't. Maybe I don't follow them as much. But like those are the three or four out of bounds. When they drop a sour, it's less eventful. Like they don't make a huge deal of it. But it's just kind of like those are the three or four that are like routinely yeah. dropping sours and advertising them. And yeah. advertising them is the key word. But yeah. like, and then claims take out throw, and they're probably yeah. But like New Glory puts out sours here and there. They're not, um, I don't, yeah, they're once just... Once a month, maybe. New Glory, like, New Glory to me is Stouts and IPAs. That's what yeah. they're really known for. Like, yeah. they're known for, like, they're, as far as, like, who's killing it in the pastry stout world, it's oh. New Glory. But, like... Did you try the cookie sleigh yet? Yeah, we've had it together. That but, like, good. And, the, like, New Glory to me is, like, top five in IPAs, mm-hmm. um, which we'll get to when we drink IPAs. But, we'll get yeah. to talk that, about that some I more. But, like, as far as sours down. go... Yeah, they're not as high on the total. Field pole. work is like wreck it new glory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like wreck it. Like field work to me, like when they drop, like anytime they do a parfait, like I'm, I check, whenever they do a parfait, I'm checking it the same way I'm checking the track seven OES. Which, if you don't, follow these breweries on Facebook for cam releases because that's how Chris and I Man. know. Yeah, you have to. But that's what I was trying to actually get to here. My point was, Field work, each of us had a different flight. We each had one sour. And we had to discuss for a couple minutes which one we were actually going to pick. Uh, I think we saved it. We waited until we tried the other beers because it was that close. I would say they were both kettle sours, but it was two different directions. Like one was more fruity and, and drinkable. This one's more aromatic, definitely more tart, more of a sour. Uh, you know, like this one, if, if I was trying to... Explain to someone what a sour was just by having them taste it. I think I'd have them taste this Aloha one first, as far as like being more of what a sour is. You know, this is a kettle sour. And if someone tart. wanted to know, like, what the better sour was between the two, you might have given them the other one. You know, like they the were, other... but they were so close. They were so. There's they were different. two different That's things the in thing. the sour, yeah. Yeah, and so that it made it difficult. But they they killed. Both styles and knocked both of them out of the park. They're so what were both styles then for our listeners? Correct. I would say this uh, Aloha vibes is more of the fruity, aromatic, tart. It's a kettle sour, so if it was an American sour or an aged sour, it'd be a little bit more tart than this. The fact still it's pretty pale, mild, I think on it the, is pretty the spectrum, mild, but, but there's the fruity the and tart thing going for yeah, it. Yeah, this one's more pineapple, coconut, more aromatic. That's what I'm saying. The, the aromatics in this one are definitely more present. Sure. You put your face in this one. You're like, oh man, that smells like gushers. It smells like Hawaiian fruit. It's like, it's really fruity. The other one is uh, they added. I'm pretty sure they probably added vanilla lactose, like you're saying. Uh, it reminded me of like almost like a milkshake sour. Uh, vanilla berry, it was called. It tastes like a like a blueberry raspberry milkshake to me. A little bit more tart. 
It was really yeah, more of a blackberry vibe. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, dark yes. fruit, very dark fruit, dark, dark, dark fruity, but with vanilla slash lactose maybe kind of vibe. It was a lot sweeter. It was a lot less tart than this one is. I would say it'd probably be easier to drink a pint of that one, but mm. when those when you when you look at them, I, it's funny. I would rather drink a pint of this, which is why I push for it. Here's my point though: is yeah, this one it's easier to drink more beers associated with this one because this one's not as filling. Anytime you add lactose, you add extra flavors to like a sour, it gets heavier. So if we drink a pint of that vanilla berry, we might not be able to drink as much as other stuff. It's funny. So it's easier to drink from a palate standpoint. Yes. But maybe it fills you up It fills you up more, yeah. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. So this one was definitely a good choice because we're going through three pints tonight each. But Both are good. Both are good. If you're going there, say you're meeting a friend after work and you're getting one beer – and you had to choose between vanilla berry or this one. You only had one beer. You probably still choose this one. I might choose a vanilla berry if I'm if I'm feeling a sour and I only wanted one beer. You know, I might lean that way. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Interesting. It was good. But if I'm not drinking anything else, because I don't know if I could drink anything else after that. It's kind of like that time over the summer, uh, a couple of years ago, when you and I first started getting into sours. We drank three sours in a row, and we're like, oh, phew, tank's full. Can't do any more. Yeah, I <laughs> you know, poured like when you're you just, in the bathroom. I poured some of my apricot sour into the bushes because I didn't want to be a little bitch, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Some of these sours will just hit you pretty heavy unexpectedly, especially if you start adding stuff to them. Uh, this one seems like really, really clean uh, kettle sour. It's also semi-transparent, like the other one was really thick, cloudy. Uh, I think it has something to do with the heft of it. You know, like the how how heavy it is on your not your palate, but like your your system as a whole. But they're both good. Now, that's what I'm saying. My whole point was they had two kettle sours on the board that were made differently that appealed to different crowds. And they were so good that we had a hard time deciding between the two. And it came down to we're drinking more than just that beer. We have to consider other beers. And the fact that this is really good, plus the other beers that we're drinking, I think we lean more towards this Aloha vibes. And then, again, as a bonus, an extra you know, special treat here, cracked it open to the crowler, poured it in a glass at home. More flavors than we expected. Stuff that we didn't taste at the brewery, which is kind of nice. That is cool. So, you know, it yeah. is cool to taste something a second time and go, whoa. Like, yeah. I didn't even realize there was coconut last time. So it makes you wonder about the other one, if we got uh, a crawler of the vanilla berry and see what we taste. But that one at the same time, I don't know if it has the complexity this one does. I would that agree. One, that, that was going to be my rebuttal. Was yeah. I, didn't, I don't know that it did. Like, I maybe it did. Like, I, you know, we're... We're a never-say-never type crowd when it comes to beer. Like, we're more of a, like, pour it in our cup and let's find out kind of crowd. Yeah. Oh, is there still more? There's, like... Oh, good. Two ounces. Great. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is one of the few sours where halfway through the pint, I don't regret it. No, no, no. This is, that's what I'm saying. This is, this is a, little, a little bit lighter. It's Which definitely is definitely lighter. It's kind of cool that it has that complexity that doesn't wear you out either. Yeah. One I of the better sours in a long time. To be honest, we'd oh. probably be keeping a whole lot more prez on this. This, this was a Track 7, I, or not Track 7 IPA, Track 7 Sour. Yeah. This is going to throw some respect on some field work. Yeah, I would throw this up in the mid-range Track 7 Sours. Like, this is better than I think most of the oh yeahs that we've had. This would be... Okay, what's the best Track 7 Sour? In my opinion, it's the cucumber. Or oh. the, the honeydew. Cucumber honeydew. Better than the yeah. Oh Yeah Watermelon. Oh Yeah Watermelon to me is number two. And this will be really close to the Oh Yeah Watermelon. This one right here. Different vibe. 
Okay, we're in agreement. But I'm saying it's close. I do think that this this is comparable to the top level of track seven sours. Yeah. It just comes in a third. It's close okay. it's a close third to second. That honey yeah. you're right, the honeydew is good. Honeydew was good. Honeydew there was another really sour that good. we had from them that was really, really good. Um would the berry cakes be considered a sour or a milkshake IPA? It's it's billed as an IPA. So I, I I put it in that category. You know, I would say it's a little bit more complex. If uh, vanilla berry from Fieldwork had like the maple sugar like that one did, and maybe a little bit. Those more are pretty comfortable. It. You're right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Fieldwork is putting some sours down. They're doing a good job. They're understated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing a good job. No, they're they're dope. Like they've. Like, as much as I've been talking, like, you know, Fieldwork is, you know, top three in the sour game, at least, in the Sacramento area. I didn't go into tonight thinking that. They're top three in the sour game. Like, they've they've really gotten my attention in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Which is um, rare when we do these things, especially, like, uh, we... We've both been to field work multiple times. Like, I've been to field work four or five times before tonight. Like, I know what yeah. field work's about. Like, I've had their beer. Yeah, I've been there three times. So, to yeah. to sort of have this revelation is a little bit different to me, where it's like, actually, shoot, this is... Well, I think tonight the difference was we were more strategic about it. Uh, as far as my visits, I'm not sure about yours, but my visits were more social. I was more focused on the people that I was with than on the beer, and we just chose to go to field work because it's good. You know it's good? My previous visits, the sours have been good, Yeah. and I just didn't stop but, to think. Like, tonight, both sours were so good. Where, and even, you know, I brought a, I brought a, a claim steak, not a claim steak, sorry, a field work. I brought two field work beers, two growler gig. One was a parfait. Yes, that was a really good sour. And though. then one was Simcoe Como. So, um, when I did a Simcoe... Hop Topic, which is why I tasted Simcoe in that mm. IPA, by the way, but it's not quite, it wasn't quite Simcoe, it was a different one. Um, no, they really got my attention. I mean, and clearly they had my attention before, but not quite to this degree. Like, both sours are pretty good. Like, I've been pretty blown away today from field work. Yeah, I'm saying, like, you and I were paying attention tonight. Like, we showed up. Yeah. Paying attention, and we found something no, that we were looking for. So, definitely. Like, I think they're better than whatever we've had from Out of Bounds. Both sours today were better than whatever we've oh, had from Out of Bounds. definitely. Well, even the the Vienna Lager and the IPA that we sampled, we know it's going to be good. Even that's better than almost every beer I've ever had from Out of Bounds, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, but that's the funny part is Out of Bounds, they make good beer, like they can make a sour really well. I just they're they seem like they, every once in a while you have a brewery it seems more like they're in it for the money. Which of course you have to be in it for the money if you want to stay in business and stay around. But like place like Fieldwork, I think they're more. If you were, if this is my guess, of course, this is my opinion. If you were to talk to the people that own the business, the people that make the beer, the people that run the advertising and all that, the marketing. It's more product-driven than it is showmanship or flashiness. Uh, they put out good beer, and that's what brings people in. Versus yeah. Out of Bounds, 
they started off that way, but as far as like the Folsom location is concerned, it cracks me up because the Folsom location is always busy because it's a restaurant, and the Rockland location is not necessarily always busy, but it's the same beer, but one place has food, and people can't get enough of the beer where the food is. But it's really expensive, and they don't try as hard as they used to. Well, they also just hit the, the market at just the right time. Yeah. Because remember, we were at a old co-worker's graduation party, for, an old co-worker of mine's graduation party, and Chris happened to do the pictures. And oh, before that's right. Chris, before Chris yes. showed up, people were like, hey, there's this brand new brewery. They just opened a location on Folsom. They got food. It's like, hey, it's out of bounds. Like, no, it's not out of bounds. I've already been out of bounds. Like, no, no, no. They opened a second location. Like, oh. Well, shit, that's kind of lame. It's like, yeah, welcome to where I am at, man. Like, yeah, it's. I mean, the only thing lame about the out of bounds and Folsom is the, the price of the food. I think that's what I'm saying. Like, I think they're kind of going more for the money, more of the environment, drawing people in to spend money than they are putting out good quality product because it's Folsom. Versus field work, you can tell field work really cares about the beer they're putting out. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. You can taste it. I would agree. They're putting out a good product, and that's what makes them so busy. It's not – well, they're in Midtown, yeah, duh, but they're also in a couple different places. But their beer is really good. You know, but there is the thing to the Midtown idea. So, like, yeah, if you go to Out of Bounds, you can get in your car, and you can drive to Fort Rock, or you could drive to Red Bus, or you could hop on the freeway and hop down to the Barrel District. You mm -hmm. can certainly do those things. But if field work doesn't – handle their business you can walk to big stump yeah you can walk to urban roots uh -huh. in the same time it would take you to get in the car and drive those like to yeah. those places yeah and even <coughs> if you want <coughs> excuse me if you wanted to get back in your car and drive from field work to urban roots mm -hmm. it would take you two minutes and Urban Roots always has parking if you know where to go. And they have food. It's amazing. And they have food. So, yeah. I mean, technically, uh, Field Work has food, too. Do they really? Yeah. Because you can order it. They have a small kitchen. Oh, they do have like food. Like a chicken chicken sandwich. Uh, and then they have, like, pretzels. And, okay. Like, I did like not the know that. Pretzels. Okay. Um, so, like, you can order stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> but, but, yeah. I think I know what you're getting at here. But, like, field work, I think, in a way, has to be more on their game because you could literally walk around the corner to not necessarily like, – competition is a harsh word because in the brewery game, people are so supportive. But, like, New Glory, like, think about the Rockland location. Like, where's mm -hmm. the next closest brewery? Like, where are you going to go? You're going to, like, drive oh, 10 minutes to Moxa? Yeah. Like, okay, bye. Yeah. Like, you're already here. Mm -hmm. And you and I both know that when you're already in a place, like, especially because – that Rockland location does a pretty good job of having a food truck out there all night, all nights of the week. So like, mm -hmm. there's already food out there, kind of. Yeah. But you know, you know, I have noticed, like, Out of Bounds got blacklisted by Growler Gang. Yeah. It's the only brewery to get blacklisted by Growler Gang because Logan and Miles kept bringing, you know, and then even I was bringing out of bounds for a minute. Like, yeah, well, I think there was a Growler Gang. The first was the first one or the second one where all three of us brought. No, two of us brought Powder, powder Toast, toast Man, man yeah. and then you brought a tall bottle of it. Oh, so we had two Growlers and a tall bottle 
Oh, split beer. between three people. Which, that used to be, I really liked that beer. I haven't had it ever since, it. to be yeah, honest. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they make decent beer, it's just... And then, um, every Growler Gang since then has had at least one Growler, or before we did the band, had like one Out of Bounds beer. Yeah. And that's why I finally, I was like, no more Out of Bounds. We're not doing Out of Bounds. Uh-huh. And then now that we've had all this other beer... Out of Bounds hasn't given me a reason to lift the band. Like, I, I mean, they... Well, I went there. So much of what we've had is, like... So much of what they put out is... The majority The majority of it is what we've had. So, actually, uh, when I went there over... Right before my sister went... I think, I believe she went back to school. So, it's the end of summer. Her and I, I just took her there for beer. And... I was actually impressed because I hadn't been there in a while. I hadn't really tried anything from them. Mm-hmm. They had some really cool beers on tap, like an orange creamsicle IPA. That's when they had that pineapple milkshake kettle sour. Uh, they had like a strawberry IPA. They had juice blackberry, which we both really like still. Juice blackberry is fantastic. Juice mango was really good. Put some good. respect on that. Uh, you know. R-E-S-P-E-C. Yeah. Find out what it means to me. But it had, uh, you know, they're they're changing it up a little bit. I can see that, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's kind of funny when I hung out with your friends too. When we went to New Glory, I said New Glory, and I meant the one by Sac State, and they thought it was the one in Roseville or Rockland that has the kitchen, the food. And so when you look at it, you're looking at people that would go to Out of Bounds. Uh, they go to the one in Folsom because it's a restaurant also. Or the people that go to the Rockland New Glory because it's also a restaurant. Which is funny because Track 7 opened the other side and we still haven't been. Yeah, that's actually, uh, since you know I go to Sac State, I go there for can releases, but I've never gone there for the food. And the food looks pretty good. I mean, it looks... New Glory's food is pretty good too. Like, I really liked all of it. Uh, but, yes, yeah, the thing is, you and I go for the beer. You know, like, we're not easily Say sold. That's a Belgian Beaver. Not Belgian Beaver. Uh, Pizza Port. Well, Belgian Beaver. So it's a pizza port. If someone said you can't have beer today, but you can have pizza, we're probably still going to pizza port. Oh, for San Diego? Yeah. Well, that's, the food's really good. So that's what I'm saying, though. The, the thing here in Sacramento is we have so many restaurants. So, like... I mean, the best part about Portland was that hummus. Not going to lie. Every oh, brewery we man, went to have hummus. I've had so much hummus in my life. It's pretty freaking great. Yeah, I started I was... wearing Birkenstocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, that was a lot of hummus. <laughs> No, I'm saying, uh, like, say you wanted to grab lunch and you're in Folsom, would you go to Out of Bounds for lunch? No. Yeah, there's so many other options. And the other thing, too, with Out of Bounds, that's why I said they're in it more for the money, is we ordered uh, bacon and uh, chicharron skewers, and it must have been one slice of bacon, thick cut, I'll give them that, thick cut, cut into 12 pieces and put on skewers with... The chicharron, the pigskin chips. Mm-hmm. And we got three of those, and it was like $14. Like, you guys can do better than that. Your beer's not even that good to be able to charge this kind of shit for one piece of bacon. And three you know? pork rinds. Yeah, I was like, hey, come on, guys. You know, that's what I'm saying. That, that That's the difference in the business model. And that's one of the things that I think you and I have always appreciated about, like, Track 7, New Glory, Field Work, you know. We do like Burning Barrel. They're kind of the same way. We just don't think the beer is on the same level. But they do put a lot of effort into the enjoyment of their beer, the quality of the beer they put out, you know, 
I think that's kind of what you and I look for. <coughs> Burning Barrel is B-level beer with A-plus aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Like, we've hashed this out over and over and over. Like, if a girl likes beer and you're taking her on a date and you like the girl, uh-huh. you're probably taking her to Burning Barrel. Not, like, if she's really into beer, like, if she likes beer and says, hey, let's yeah. grab a beer. Yeah. Hey, it's a cool spot. Burning Barrel is a safe bet. Yes. <coughs> like, at Clam Steak, one of the beer attenders was like, oh... Burning barrels where you take a girl. And there's a female was like, this is burning barrels where you take a girl if you're trying to get it in. It's like, well, uh, you're not wrong. Yeah, well, now you know how they think. Female beer tenders think, mm-hmm. yes. The female beer lover. She opened up to you. She told the, your secret, the secrets of them, of their, see, this is, well, <laughs> it's been too long since we've done one of these. Uh, other than the uh, pseudo growling gang one we did that you probably already listened to by this point, but. Uh, Buzz is kicking in. Yeah, yeah. You slowing down? No, we also just had like ten pounds of Taco Bell before this. I told you it was a bad idea. It was a great idea. I mean, okay, it was a You're bad. You're wrong. Yes, I told you fantastic. that it was going to be a bad idea as far as getting through three it. pints of beer, and you're like, oh, no, man, didn't. I don't even care. No, this is how I am with sours, though. <laughs> it's just in general. For me, uh-huh. I really enjoy sours. Uh-huh. Well, you and I both felt the same way when we were in Portland. We drank how many sours that trip? That was gnarly, man. We had to Red Bull it up halfway through. Yeah, we had we went to nine breweries in one day. Mm-hmm. And walked everywhere. And had we like 80-something like beers in a day. 80-something. We tried 80-something beers in a day. Yep. Ugh. Cascade, best sours I've ever had. However. Fight me on it. What was the name of the place we went to at the very end? Great notion. Great notion. They so, were top great. five brewery all time. They were definitely great. Right yeah. now, I uh, got. Uh, right now, ooh, you have to do top three breweries you've ever been to all time. Kilowatt. Great notion. Ooh. Ooh. What? You're right, but ooh, keep going. Oh. The plot thickens. So this is where it's tough. Breweries that I've ever been to. So I got Kilowatt, Surly, and Great Notion. Been thir- in, in that Surly. order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I have Great Notion as second. I would say number three, greatest, like best beers you've ever had or like most enjoyment. Because this is where it gets subjective. It's it really subjective. Chris, it's your top three. It's my top three. It's whatever I want. Yeah. Do you promise? Mm, maybe. <laughs> mm. I, I'm going to say New Glory at that point. I love New Glory. More than Deschutes? Such a fa- yes, way more than Deschutes. Whoa. I was not... Yeah, he didn't even hesitate. Yeah, okay. Okay. How many beers from Deschutes have you loved? Well, I've never been. So yeah, tell, me when you, have, tell me when you went. They have two-thirds of the beers that you can get are in stores. Oh. That's lame. So it's not like Ballast Point. Oh no, no, it's like the Ballast Point's in my top five. Yeah, I would put I would put Ballast Point under New Glory, but it's definitely top five. The one that we went to, the big one that closed down. No, I mean the one I went to without you. Oh well, that's you you got Surly and you got the better Ballast Point. That's this this is a. Well, I caught Ballast Point at the right time in their tap list. Like they had a white chocolate porter. You know that uh, a nitro white nitro white chocolate porter that was pre or is a stout nitro white chocolate. You stout. know that might be a good street name for you, Jordan. Start calling me White Nitro. 
White Nitro. Um, <laughs> my bubbles go down, bitch. Um, <laughs> technically, they go up if they're Nitro. So, um, anyways. Oh, there's props to the guy at uh, Rock and Bottle Shop who caught the fact that I bought a Nitro Nuck and Futs, and I didn't realize it until he pointed it out. Rock and Bottle Shop knows what's up, man. Like, when I yeah. bought all of those bottles of 2016 Goose, yeah. he straight up looked at me as like, can't save any for anyone else, huh? No. Nope. They lost. I can't. So, I have a question for you, because it was recommended to me that you should shake a nitro and then pour it, or do you hard pour it? Uh, What's the... Both. Both? You shake and you hard pour. Okay. Gently I... shake. Okay, I've only and... ever hard poured. That's the first time I'd heard that you'd shake a nitro. That's not true. When's the other time? Uh, you can go back to Beer Week of the podcast series, and I should have shook what? it up, and we fucked up the s'mores one because I needed to shake the can. Oh, I thought that was just pouring it. We just no, pour it I hard. fucked it up. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, you know, you're right. I didn't hard pour it, but also we should have shook it. You're right. The reasoning was we didn't hard pour okay. So you do you're, shake you're right. nitros. Okay. Gen- so. so I don't – okay. Here's the problem. <laughs> Is when we've just hard poured, it hasn't gone well. And when we've shook and poured, it hasn't gone well. There's a couple times and we've hard poured, it's gone okay. And when we've shook it hard and hard poured, it's gone terribly. Gently shake, hard pour. Yeah? Gently shake. Well, how did you like the knock and futz? I opened it the other night and I hard poured it. I didn't shake it. Is that okay? So that's, that's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's also knock and futz. It's a peanut butter milk style. It's like kind of hard to... Yeah. I don't know, but that going back to our beer week, as much yeah. as we, you know, we gave Burning Barrel like a B minus B level grade for that. Some of that was oh, we the, fucked up the, yeah. the s'mores nitro. Well, I did, not Chris, not mm. we. I did. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, that's. Uh... Oh man, I was excited to see that that nothing fuss back in the store. I actually. I know yeah. you were really excited about, it, and you're like. Pay attention to that can. Like, I mean, it's nitro, whatever. I didn't even notice that until the guy at the counter told me. He's like, oh, it's nitro. Like, woo. I've, I've kind of gotten over <laughs> the nitro hype. Yeah? There are some beers that I definitely prefer on nitro. Like, did you like me porter? Nitro. Oh. Right? Oh, no. No? No. What? No. Obsidian Stout. Nitro. Nitro. Yes. Okay. Not Black Bee Porter? Why not? No. What? It's better the way it is. What? Yep. It's so good. It's like saying your girlfriend's pretty with a Snapchat filter. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> is she listening? Because I'll say it's true if she's not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're both single. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Ooh. Somehow I got thrown in the bus there. Um, uh, both of us. That's not really. We're that alone nice. together. That's how it's going. <laughs> Hopefully not forever. Damn uh, it. I'm trying to play to our female listeners a little bit. Just kidding. Sorry, I actually don't care sorry, about ladies. your feelings. Um, uh, if you're listening to episode 13, then I'm not worried. It's been about that many? It. Yeah, this is 13. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not worried about uh, upsetting you at this point because there's been plenty of things at this point that we said. You're not wrong. Pretty fucked up that. I yeah. mean, episode 12, well, no, episode 11 featured 11. a sandwich joke. Yeah, so. <sighs> yep. Yeah, Which I do need girls 
Not because I like you have to make me a sandwich. Mm. You're just better at it than I am. I'm not even gonna lie. Um, yeah. while recycling, it's fair. Down. Yeah, that's totally fair. That's I appreciate the sandwich making. I also... Oh yeah, that's mm. that's what I'm saying. I, I I was talking every time I talk to a lady about dudes and they all they complain about food. I'm like, you don't understand the influence that a good sandwich has on a guy. It's just a it's mm, a guy it's an thing, interesting point. Right? It's an interesting point. It's not Because you're not saying, thing, hey, you have thing. to make him a sandwich is like you don't understand the influence, which yes. is to it's me it's us. like get out of your own way. Make trust trust me. Yep. Cause like I'm just gonna say one word. Chocolate. Ooh. Mic drop. Alright? Mm. Right? Mm. <laughs> sandwich not wrong. Chocolate. There you go. Maybe um, understanding. Yeah, like to be honest, cause even if it's like a me- here's the thing, even if yeah. it, even if it's a mediocre sandwich, mm-hmm. we also have depth enough to know that if you made it yourself, we're like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah, we really appreciate made, this. Yeah. So the thing, okay, so the thing I would say, like, whenever the joke I make, if I'm really nice to girls, is call your boyfriend and complain about it. So like, if it like. Or call your best friend. Sorry, not call your boyfriend. Call your best friend. <laughs> yeah, don't call your boyfriend. <laughs> call your best friend and complain about it. Like, oh my gosh, she's just being like really sensitive and like really thoughtful and just kind of like bothers me. And your best friend's gonna like be in that relationship where it's like, shut, shut up. I mm-hmm. wish I could get my dude to do that. That kind mm-hmm. of idea. Yeah. Same thing happens with dudes. When if if I was to call you, it's like, dude, she made me a sandwich. It's fucking terrible. You're like, no, bro. It sounds like you need to shut up. She made you a sandwich. Uh huh. You know what I mean? I'd be like, wait, what's on it? What, how did she? What? What did she get? There? Like, what's... what's terrible? Like, you know what oh. I mean? Like, I'm gonna have to make my case, which is uh-huh. like a step lower than where we normally are. Yeah. So like, and even even if you agree it's terrible, like, dude, she made you a sandwich. Sounds like she's really trying. Yeah. That's where we're gonna land. Yeah, it's like, like, bro, she thought you're hungry. You probably were. You know. You're like. Did you you ate it though, right? You're like, yeah. Like, shut up, then, man. Like, I don't even know what to tell. Whatever, whatever she was trying to get out of you, that's your. That's like signing a contract. You're like, <laughs> I, I agree. Here we go. Yeah. You you bit it and you swallowed it, man. It's done. So that's what she said. Um. Oh. He said you bit she, it and he, you swallowed it. They, he he it, said. Did it say it? I don't know. I guess that's we technically... Guess, well, it's almost 2020. we got to say... Uh, that's them. what they said. What's the pronoun? What's the... I don't know. That's what they consensu- consensually said? Yes. That's the joke now? Yeah. Lame joke. Millennials are really important. Man. I, I still remember I was giving one of my ex-girlfriends, her best friend, trying to ask a guy out. And that's why I came up with the sandwich theory. You don't understand that, like, like you know, as much as people think that guys are complicated and whatever, we're not. I mean, we are. We have feelings and stuff, too, but, like, we're easy to figure out if you want to. Like, okay, like, not, okay, do maybe not, I'll simplify it. Maybe not easy to figure out. Okay, yeah, some okay. guys are weird. But, easy yeah. to get our attention. Yeah. The sandwich is a foolproof way to at least get his uh-huh. attention. Well, you helped me move some stuff today. And what I offer you? Food. A burrito. burrito. Which is a Hispanic. Or it's a Texan sandwich. Te- technically, burritos are Texan. They're not Hispanic. They're invented in Texas. They're American. Burritos. Yes. Specifically burritos. I'm going to go to Wikipedia right now. Do it! Do it! And it's going to say, invented in... 
I'll just edit. I'll just, <laughs> just edit the podcast. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, uh, we all know what that means. Love you, Miles. He doesn't edit the <laughs> podcast even kind of, especially one where it's just me and him. <sighs> yeah, burrito. I'm pretty sure burritos are American. You're pretty sure. It's funny once he gets the ninety nine percent sure. A burrito is a dish in Mexican and Tex-Mex cuisine. There you go. Let's find Wikipedia because that's going to be our resource. Place of origin, Mexico. Fuck you. What part of Mexico? Mm -hmm. Texas is part of Mexico at one point. So is California and Arizona. You know, that's not, you're not wrong then. <laughs> <laughs> when and where? That's what I'm saying. Etymology, history. Let's, I don't want to Uh-oh. Before the development of the modern burrito, the Mesoamerican peoples of Mexico used corn tortillas in 10,000 BC, probably before Texas. All right, those are tacos. To wrap food with fillings of chili peppers, tomato, mushroom, squash, and avocados. Tacos. The precise origin of the modern burrito is not known. Oh, damn it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is Texas. In, hold on. Uh-oh. In, and these are sequential sentences before you celebrate. <laughs> 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 In the 1895, 16 Ario. Oh, hear that? Ario. Yeah, a little, fl- little flutter. Yeah. De Mex Mexicanismos. Right. Oh, I don't know what the fuck that he is. He didn't get that second half. <laughs> no. so it was quite as well. The burrito <laughs> or taco was identified as a regional item from the Mexican state of Guana hmm. Guanajuato. So it said burrito or taco. Yeah. Uh huh. Does it say which one specifically? The burrito or taco was. Uh-huh. Damn it. <laughs> Was defined as uh, we don't care about that a rolled tortilla with meat. Yeah, we knew that. That's a taquito. <laughs> Speculated that it may have originated with vaqueros, the cowboys of northern Mexico in the 19th century. Ah, oh, that's where it gets dicey because another creation story tells of well, it's just speculation. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of up in the air. So you're not wrong. I'm, not, I'm close. But legend would 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 disagree it with you. It depends on who you ask. That's what it sounds <laughs> like. <laughs> so um, just like sushi, what we think of sushi. Sashimi, very much Japanese. Sushi, very Americanized. That doesn't mean the origin of sushi came from. That doesn't mean sushi isn't Japanese. Sashimi is Japanese. Sushi, uh, look it up. Look up sushi, I'm pretty sure. Oh my is gosh, an Chris. It's a version of sashimi. The burrito you can get in Mexico at all places. Well, yeah. But it's well, yeah, but no, no. Hey, fortune cookies you can get everywhere, every Chinese place across the it's country, not, but they're American. It's not the same thing. Fortune cookies are American, the same way that burritos are American. Sushi is a Japanese dish, a preferred vin. Vingard, Vingard, I don't know. Vingard, huh? Vingard. Vingard. Oh, okay. I don't know. V I N E. When you edit your Wikipedia, please use correct spelling. Please, when you go in there and change someone's writing, at least make it make sense. That's all we ask. Japanese dish. History. Sushi originates in a Southeast Asian dish 
known as Zaras Nar Nara sushi. Uh. Salted fish. Mm. And then it's just a long history of how Asian cuisine kept going. That's what? absolutely Japanese. The burrito's Mexican. Fuck you. I'm not even having this fight. <laughs> you want to have an opinion, have a wrong one. I don't care. Go grab the other cow. Uh, final thoughts about this sour? Before I get that? If you're getting into sours, the vanilla berry is the better alternative. It's easier. Yes. But... If you know what you're doing as far as sours go, the Aloha Vibes is superior. Okay, so which one is more of a definitive sour? Aloha Vibes. Yes, not that's close. what I'm saying. Hands down. I think this is much more of a sour when you think of what a sour is. If you went yeah. to a brewery with someone who had never had a sour, mm -hmm. knowing what – if you went to field work mm -hmm. tomorrow – Knowing what both of these tasted like, and someone said, hey, I'm trying to get into sours. Try the vanilla berry. It's going to be exactly it's, what you should say. It's baby steps, definitely. Try the vanilla berry. Like, hey, this is actually yep. pretty good. Mm -hmm. Hey, I got the Aloha Vibes. Try mine. Ooh, that's mm -hmm. a little tart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're... Yeah, this is... This is why it was difficult. They're both so good. But They're both good for different reasons. Now I'm going to grab the third can, which we're... Transitioning into uh, Motley I, Brew. Uh, yes, Motley Brew is my PA. I'm excited. Can I also mention something that might be uh, overlooked, very subtle, that I do appreciate very much? Especially because yes. we had to walk a mile back to my car. Oh. He says have to. I told him he should drive because he's a baby, so. But we walked, so I'm not a baby. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, because we had to walk. We didn't have to. No, we, that was, why would you drive? It's Midtown, man. It's not very far. I can walk. Oh, he just wants to give me a hard time because he knows that sushi's American and sashimi, you know, that whole deal. It's all Japanese. <laughs> Wikipedia says so. Oh. Truth. All right, so my understated. Or, uh, Give me the can because you make a mess. Okay, you're gonna pour it, but I want to point out something that I really like. Whatever. It's fine. <sighs> you can talk about it. Just stop pouring beer on my carpet. Is that wasn't on your carpet? I caught it in my glasses. on this thing. It's not entirely true. Um, I caught I caught half of one of my beers in my arm over <laughs> there. So that part is true. <laughs> so this this three pack crawler carrier with a little handle on it. That's what I'm saying. That's what I appreciate. When you go to breweries, you don't often have the proper equipment to carry all the beer back to your car. Look at that. Not pour, not spilling any beer as oh. I pour it. Good work. It's because I committed. Good work. Ladies, Chris won't commit. All right. He's ready. Go get him. I'm, you're not wrong. How I much do ready. you like this three-pack holder versus just me? I actually really like it. Yeah. To be honest, like when Burning Barrel, Burning Barrel does a deal on Crowlers... I want to say on Tuesdays or Thursdays. <clears throat> that just a fact deserves a fact check. At some point, they did a deal on three crawlers. Mm -hmm. They did. It's pretty good. Motley Brew. It's you remember a, uh, Hazy IPA at six point six percent. 
What kind of hops does it use? I don't remember, but it smells grassy. And this is an interesting thing that happened to us tonight at the brewery. So. Hold on. Mosaic and Southern Star. Southern Star. Where's Southern Star from? Because I would assume that's a Southern Hemisphere hop because of the grassy notes. Mmm. That's my guess. But this is kind of the fun part with field work. As you can tell, they have a little bit more finesse. Uh, we tried some beers that had hops that we were familiar with, but not necessarily in the way that Fieldwork used them. You're not wrong, by the way. Released in 2001, African hop. Southern Star was developed in South Africa. Oh! Yeah. I got one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I'm like one for five tonight. Yeah. Um, and there's not a ton about what it tastes like, so let's go to the next thing. I mean, just smelling this one, you can smell that it's Southern Hemisphere. It's got that weird... Similar hops are Mosaic, Yukonot, Eldorado, Mandarina Bavaria, Southern Cross, and Warrior. So Warrior is a bittering hop. I don't know how fruity it is. Southern Star is a South African bread, high alpha hop, bittering hop with tropical fruit notes. Here's what's funny is <clears throat> Eldorado mm -hmm. is not a bittering hop. No. And so remember when we went to Sierra Nevada, they talked about how these African hops can be used in a lot of different ways and get a yeah. lot of different oh. flavoring profiles out yeah. of. So I just remember something else that we tried recently <clears throat> on episode 11. Mm-hmm. African Queen hops. Mm hmm Smell that and tell me if that reminds you of African Queen. African Queen had strawberries and cream. That was very subtle, yes, but smell this and tell me it does not smell like African Queen. Oh, it smells like Stone African Queen. Stone fruits. <clears throat> uh, Sorry, I almost did a third time I caught myself. <laughs> I didn't drink it. <laughs> this should really be a, a vlog instead of a podcast <laughs> video. Clink. Just of course, bad luck. Ooh. You're right. It's similar. It's very similar. This is very similar to the African Queen hops used in African Queen by Red Bus Brewing in Folsom. Just without the fruit. This is more of a... And this is why the podcast is dope. Just going to throw that out there. Definitely. If you don't subscribe, you should. Uh, Fuck you, Logan. All the cool kids subscribe. If you just listen... Which is not Logan. Love you, Miles. <laughs> What's up, Peter? <laughs> Peter goes way back. <laughs> Episode one. But uh, this doesn't have that strawberry cream, that really stone fruit, fruity fruitiness to it, the hearty fruits. It's more of like, like when you smell it, you think it's a combination with like, like a Victoria's Secret or like a Galaxy or like a, some sort of maybe a cryo hops hop that you're used mm. to. Uh, if you didn't know this was African, you would try to piece it together with some it of the more It makes you wonder, ones. though, if African Queen also used citra hops. It might have. Let's look it up. I can't remember. It might have been only African Queen, but it might have had something else also. 
But that was a very interesting beer from Red Bus. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why we like them. Have we had a bad beer from Red Bus? No, but we have we have had not great beers from Red mm-hmm. Bus. Because we've only had a couple, right? That hasn't been very many. We've had sure. three or four yeah. in our timeline. They also had a... It was like a milkshake IPA that they did in collaboration with Moxa during beer week that I didn't get to try. Okay. Um, that I was very interested to try. And I think when you're collaborating with Moxa, because Moxa has a reputation of being very prudy or snooty around the business, mm. to be a brewery that Moxa will collaborate with, based on that reputation, would imply an enhanced reputation um, for Red Bus. Where did it go? I just saw it. They have some uh, interesting beers. Yeah. Red Bus? Yeah. They don't have you you didn't just one. Google African Queen? I did. And it came up with... Uh, so it's one of my beefs with Untapped is that they'll tell you where to get the beer and how good people like it, how much people like it and what the rating is. But you don't always get, like, what the beer actually is. And so the first few entries on Google here are all untapped, and it's kind of like... I I mean, I don't really care what other people say about it, because I have my own opinion. And what we've seen for a lot of... For a lot of the, the Sacramento scene, is a lot of misinformed people that are very vocal. Untapped, though, is the secret for most bars unlocking their potential. Yes, you definitely... Because you can set, like, your, like, if you do flat screen TVs to display your tap list, you could actually show not only the untapped rating, but you can create an interactive experience where people, when they talk about what's happening in the beer, with the beer, or what they think about the beer, it'll show up on the screen mm-hmm. as people are drinking the beer. Pretty great. Until I pitched Red Robin to revolutionize their drinking experience as a tap house. Mm. They didn't take me up on it. it still sucks out there. Let's see. I'm still looking. Red Bus took uh, African Queen off their website. So I'm looking through. If you want to help me find it, I can't find anything. Let's see. African Queen Hazy is coming back. For a party. Oh, they had it on March. Okay. So that was an old post. It's still on their website. Let's see here. <clears throat> Bottled four packs coming soon. Yeah, they don't really have a lot, man. They don't. <clears throat> Which is upsetting. Um, let's just Google African Queen Hops then. Well, we actually, we already know. But, uh. No, it's cool. I mean, it's. I'm kind of upset with Red Bus because I was hoping to give them mad props for their beer, but we can't find it anymore. Like. They pulled a uh, Sierra Nevada on us, man. 
kind of makes me sad. Like, that was one of the big draws. We can probably listen back to... I mean, Redbus did put... You know, they... Hold on. So Redbus did build that IPA as an experimental IPA. Yep. And we put on the can that they used African hops and the tasting notes for those hops. That's what I'm saying. Refer back to episode 11. So before we hate on that, like, yeah, it would be cool to know if they also put anything else in the can. But, like, realistically, man, like, we could be tasting Citra. We could be tasting something that was from an African hop that could be aligned with the African queen. It might not be on Red Bus. Are you talking about this? No, I'm saying, like, I'm just sad that Red Bus made a beer, put it on their website, and then took it off their website. Well, it's not on the board anymore. Why would it be on the website? It's like an archive of the type of beer they made. Yeah, most breweries don't do that. Which so if makes we're gonna, sad. So if we're going to hold Red Bus accountable, it's not a Red Bus issue, it's a brewery issue. That's why I said they pulled the Sierra Nevada. I remember how upset I was when Sierra Nevada pulled Ruthless Rye from their website. Oh, here entirely. we go. That's a, that's a very tender spot. Man. Put out this amazing beer and then deleted it off the website like it never existed. You know? Just mm-hmm. cold. It's cold-hearted, you know? That's all I'm saying. And then got back together with it like no one was going to notice. Yep. Yep. So, going back to field work before I get Chris too worked up. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to yell at anyone. There's no one to yell at in here. Um, cuss at, at a loud volume. <laughs> what she denied <sighs> on the episode we did, one of the episodes we, we did with Miles, and then has recently accepted that it well, happened. After after a long time of living with it, you, you learn to accept through the, the, the experience at first no, I had cussed out someone it out it was like no fuck properly. you that's not what happens it's like shoot Chris going in I'm gonna walk away cause I'm uncomfortable too and she works here I don't work here I don't have to stay for this someone um, tried to tell me that their fall red rye seasonal was basically the same as ruthless rye it's not was not Exactly. Excuse me. Yeah, I think I'm good after this, man. I'm. I, got, yeah. I still got to go home. So right. yeah, yeah, guys, we don't uh, we don't condone uh, irresponsible driving after exactly. drinking. Yep. So we had a huge dinner. We're uh, taking our time with this stuff. I so, mean, as far as the fieldwork IPA selection goes. Uh huh. There were seven on the board, and we tried all seven. So, the way the flights broke down, we each had a sour, we each had a German lager. Chris had four IPAs, I had three, and then I did a farmhouse. That was really good. Which, I mean, if you're going to field work and you do a full flight, be prepared to feel a little bit embarrassed about the beer you order. Because those six sniffer glasses in this big, like, planter box um, do make you feel a little bit ashamed of what... It's a little awkward. ...of what you did with your life, but then also you have a ton of good beer, so it's easy to forget your, your mistakes. I would argue that the sniffer glasses might be the best way in small 
portions like that just to actually get the experience of the beers too. Sure. No, no, no. Yeah. I love the Fieldwork flights, but every time yeah. I've ordered a Fieldwork flight, people have always been like, man, do you got enough beer? I'm like, hey, shut up. I don't need your fucking opinion right now. Huh. Um, don't, yeah, don't don't uh, take any shit. All right, field don't don't let people places. beer shame you. Yeah, don't be beer shamed. Uh, Fieldwork, you definitely, if you've never been there, or if, even if you only go there once in a while, you do want to do a flight. It's true. Of all six, you want yes. all six. You might not think you know all six. But there are seven IPAs, um, five singles, two doubles. <coughs> I think it was either four hazies or five hazies of the seven. Yeah, I had I had two West Coast of mine. I had a double and a single West Coast of mine. And I had one that was a West Coast, so I think it's four hazies, three West Coast. Yeah. Um, all were pretty good. So interesting thing, um, these might have been canned. Oh no, they canned them right there, didn't they? Because this is this also tastes different from when you and I had it in your flight. This is a little bit more southern hemisphere than what we had in your sample, your taster. <clears throat> okay. There's a little bit more fruity and, me and mellow in your. I got this out of it. That's why, yeah. to be honest, when you were like, up. "I'm about it," and I was like, "I'm not so sure." It was real well. Yeah. Now here's where the the uh, the margin for error comes in. All three of these beers were in my flight. Yeah. So as much as Chris and I share these samples to a point where like we'll let the other one sip on it. For the most part, we we really do drink our own flights. Mhm. So I just got unlucky and chose the lesser of the. Which is funny because you're drafting right. first today. Yeah, but that's you kind of you don't really know. We, sure. I've never had them. So, I mean, this is the... kind of what I was getting out of it. I didn't realize it was African, um, African hops, which is cool. This is very yeah. much yeah. like now African you, queen. Now that you taste it, it's very much, you know, very African. African hops, like like we, we like Australia and New Zealand hops. You and I both kind of like those in the summertime, uh, late fall. <clears throat> I would say those have their own taste. And now that you and I have had a couple different... African hops. Uh, we've had some from Sierra Nevada that weren't as uh, distinctive as this, but now we kind of have an idea of maybe what African hops are all about. Would you argue that? Like this dank and fruity. Yeah, where where Australian and New Zealand hops are more grassy, maybe these are more earthy and fruity. Sure, that's not a bad way of talking about it. If you're talking about palate, Australian and New Zealand brighter, these are darker on your palate. Talking about light and dark. Yeah. As a visual, <coughs> a visual taste, if you will. <coughs> yeah. So hmm. there were seven IPAs. What do you think our thought process was? I'm not so sure there's a clear answer, but maybe you have an interesting perspective on. What do you think our thought process was for figuring out which IPA? That we wanted. <coughs> Excuse me. I think that... Uh, <coughs> I was coughing earlier, and it's uh, because I inhaled water. So, that's what you've done. It's uh, not advised. Great. Definitely not. Yeah, so just, you know. I think the way that you and I picked these three crawlers had more to do with the fact that we specifically wanted three crawlers. And less about 
we were just there to try a flight each and taste some beer. We knew we were taking some home. And so we had a little bit different agenda. If we weren't taking any beer home... I still think this was the best IPA we had. It was. But also, I think that if we weren't taking any beer home, you and I might have stayed for one more flight and tried a couple of those Belgians. Tried, uh, they had a porter there. Tried, you know, they had a Czech black lager. You know, like we might have tried another flight of some of the other random stuff that we normally don't like as much. Yeah, we probably would have done a third flight but split it. Yeah. So this one, I think, picking this beer, this is the best IPA, but we definitely went into it with an agenda of what we wanted to take home. We looked for a spread specifically. So this being the anchor, the last beer on the spread, was a good choice, and it also happened to be the best IPA. So the thought process of us picking the Aloha Vibes, we agreed. Like You liked it more in general, but I liked it more for this lineup. So we both agreed it was the better choice. Is field work... <clears throat> I agree with you. This oh, is yeah. well, why we chose that. Mm-hmm. Is Fieldwork a top five IPA brewery? So here's the catch. That's not as straightforward of an answer as you're probably looking for. Simply because we both agree that Fieldwork puts a little bit more effort into their beers. Okay. Drinkability. I wouldn't say most people would be really into this one right off the bat. Okay. Uh, but you and I... Another beer aficionados could say, oh, shit, this is a really smooth, this is an African hopped hazy. This is pretty, this is kind of exotic, you know, or like the Enigma hopped one that you had, or the one that I had that had Amarillo and Citrated that tasted like nothing we'd ever had from Amarillo before. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, these guys, they know how to throw down on some IPAs. Okay. But it might be in a different way than people are expecting. So... Right? Depends on your, what you're looking for. Fine. Mm-hmm. Now I want you to name a top five that you believe in that doesn't include field work. Top five breweries of IPAs mm-hmm. that doesn't include field work. Okay. Am I talking about drinkability? Nope. You're talking, talking about, about top five IPAs in the area. For my, me. Yep, you. For me. Top five that doesn't include New Glory, that you believe in. Can you do it? Doesn't include New Glory or field work? I'm sorry. That doesn't include field work. That mm-hmm. you believe in. Don't get, I think they're doing a good job. Top five breweries in the area mm-hmm. at brewing IPAs mm-hmm. that doesn't include field work mm-hmm. that you believe in. So what do, you, what do you mean by I believe in? So I don't want you to just come up with five breweries Yeah. that also brew good IPAs. Are you I want saying you to come up with five. I think that they know what they're doing. That they brew f- five breweries that brew IPAs better than field work. And justify why they're better than Fieldwork IPAs. Alright. Shark 7. Okay. Shark uh, 7 IPAs are better than Fieldwork IPAs. Well, you said not including Fieldwork. I know, but but are you, you believe in. So that's the thing. Is I'm going to ask you. What? Are you saying ones that are better than Fieldwork? Top 5 breweries. That Okay, that's what I mean. Yeah. Because okay. I said. Is... So here's why I'm asking you the question the way I did. I said, okay. is Fieldwork a top five brewery as far as brewing IPAs? And uh-huh. you said, well, it depends on what you're looking for. So it my does. thing is, okay, yeah. now construct a top five that doesn't include Fieldwork. The, the background is, I think Fieldwork is a Me top too. five. Yeah. Okay, but you said it depends. It so what it depends? Depend. 
This I'm saying the people that like IPAs might not necessarily appreciate this one. Okay, but I think there's six others on the board that they would. Maybe. Maybe. There's but seven also, IPAs. The Enigma, the one that had Amarillo that tasted funky to us. They had another, the... the yeah, uh, funky to us doesn't mean anything. Scott, that, that, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, I have my own opinion, but my opinion is very much more... Like, I'm looking for more artistic intent and depth than most people are. So if you're talking about what most people would think, a good IPA... Okay. So regardless of what I've just said, yeah. who are the top five breweries that are making IPAs right now in the Sacramento area? Uh, I would definitely say New Glory. Uh, track 7, yes. Um, they don't make as many, but the ones that they make, you have to say that Left Eye, Right Eye, Eldorado, Dry Hop, Left Eye, Right Eye, Panic, those are really solid. Those are good. Uh, New Glory, definitely. Moonraker. Definitely makes good IPAs. Hold on, back up. Huh. We have New Glory, Track Seven, Moonraker, Moxa, Moxa. Uh huh. And then I would argue that Fort Rock makes some good IPAs. Over Fieldwork. Well, that's what I was asking. Like, am I asking ones that are better than Fieldwork? You said not ex not including Fieldwork. So when I say excluding Fieldwork that uh -huh. you believe in, uh -huh. really meant like, okay, fine, because I was unsure of if you meant when you said it depends on what you're looking for. I'm like, fine. And frame a top uh -huh. five that you're on board with that doesn't include these guys because I don't know yeah. how you do it. That's that's what I'm saying. If you're not including fieldwork, that's my top. Is is Fort Rock, but if you're including fieldwork, no, that's but that's that's what I'm saying. Fieldwork, their West Coast, not nearly as good as New Glory, Track Seven, or Moxa. Uh, I think we had one West Coast from Moxa. It was pretty good. It's not enough to be a judge, but it was better than the ones we had tonight. They're hazies. I would say Moxa, New Glory, Moonraker, and Fieldwork. But I would put uh, Moonraker and the New Glory, Fieldwork are really similar, tied. And then the, mm. ones that, the ones I've had from Moxa would be at that level or just below, but barely. I would put so New Glory. Mm -hmm. But that's what I'm saying. It depends on the person and what you're looking for. Pound for pound, IPAs. Yeah. I'm confident this is what how it would stand. New Glory and Moonraker uh -huh. at one and two. Yeah. Moxa. Crap, remind me who you said. New Glory, Moonraker, Moxa, Fieldwork. And Fort Rock. Fort Rock. Okay. Oh, you also had Track 7 in there. Yeah, for the West Coast. Are we talking about Hazy's? So, okay, sure. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna <laughs> leave track seven out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For hazies, Moxa. These guys are up there with hazies. Okay, so New Glory, Moonraker, Moxa, uh -huh. which I'm confident those are the big three. Yeah. I'm also confident that Fieldwork and Clamstake are four and five. Fieldwork and Clamstake are four and five. I've gone on the record as to saying Clamstake. Is the burning, is not the burning barrel, is the um, barrel district version of Mox that changed my mind. That's, I've been on the record for saying that. Okay. Well, now you've been to Moxa, so it's even more. They're good. Clam steak, I've never had a bad clam steak IPA. That I, no I boil IPA. Was, it has to be minus. But it was still, as far as beer goes, that's a B minus is pretty good when you're weighing in against. Some as far as like taking risks and trying yeah. new things, mm -hmm. still pretty fantastic. Yeah, that's a good, that's a very good score. Um, 
Better than that yeast forward, whatever one. So as far as like stables go, I'm willing to like consider track seven. But when we talk about who's really putting out the best beers consistently, like I just see these other four putting out better IPAs consistently. Well, Well, they change it up more than two because you're talking about track seven IPAs. A lot of times you're you're really leaning on the staples. Like, yes. Let's talk about your top, your top all-time favorite. Unless I ride is my favorite double IPA of all time. Like I just want to be left on the right eye or El Dorado hopped, dry hopped, left the right. Because El Dorado dry hopped, left the right eye is one of my favorite IPAs of all time. But it's the dry hop version. The regular batch. The regular is one batch of, is my favorite double IPA of all time. Better than Ultimatum, from. Mm-hmm. I like it better than Ultimatum. Better than, well, definitely probably better than uh, Hoptologist, which is kind of funny. Kind of you and I both got in. They're in the same category, by the way. They're both West Coast doubles. You really liked Hoptologist. That was kind of your gateway. gateway. Yeah. That was not my gateway. So. That was my punishment. Yeah, left there, right eye is more fruity. uh, I'd say Hoptologist is more like biting into a pine tree. Yeah. But. So it's funny, we sort of seem to agree that field work is top five as far mm-hmm. as the Vienna Lager style, maybe not mm-hmm. malt forward styles, just so we're being clear, but top five in sour scene and mm-hmm. top five in IPA scene. Yeah. Well, <coughs> here's the thing too. Not top five in the dark beer scene. No. It's I'm not close. No. Sorry, field work. Love you guys. But, what grade... Huh? Would you give Fieldwork as a brewery? Now, we gave oh. we gave Three Mile mm-hmm. an 85. At least I did. But that was we had a pretty good spread from them too. A solid B. Yeah. Now, what would you give Fieldwork? Oh, they'd probably get a B plus, A minus. Off of this one, a definitely an A minus. Uh, just from the selection we had tonight, but I. That's the thing is I've had other fieldwork beers that like knock my socks off. No, no. So just from tonight. No, just not just from tonight. Fieldwork as an experience. What does fieldwork get? Fieldwork as a brewery. What does fieldwork get? Okay. So I was not just say... tonight. Tonight I think they get like a 91, 92. That's what I'm saying. A minus tonight. But like, what do they get as a brewery? I'm gonna give them an A, but it's a 95 percent A. Same. I it's not a 100% A, but it's definitely... It's a 95. Yeah. It's a 95 because I think... So here's where I'm at with that. <laughs> I was going to say, you're a teacher. You've actually taught for years. But I have uh, taught a class, but also in a different setting, graded papers. So does that give me some sort of teacher well, credit? Well, the class I taught graded papers. I I'm graded saying papers, I taught so. a class and then separately I've graded papers. I've taught multiple <laughs> classes of which <laughs> I was not, I did not have a TA and graded all the papers for. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like You, you have that opinion, but am I allowed to Sure, that's grades? fine. You can have For the sake of the podcast, you can have that opinion. Now... I taught a class for five weeks. I mean, come on. <laughs> IPAs? IPAs, they're 98th percentile. Oh, especially... Uh, here's my point, though. I was just trying to make to you is... If someone said, hey, I got this new Fieldwork Hazy, you want to try it? Yes. Yes, exactly. Like, <laughs> yes. Yes. I've got this new Fieldwork Double West Coast. That they, they just yes. Like, I got this new Fieldwork Sour. I'm like, wait, which one? Like, yes. But the, that's the thing. is, And they're right. like 96, 97 percentile as far as sours go. Yeah. And but... they're 90, we'll, we'll say as far as this Vienna Lager is concerned. 
Mm -hmm. We'll say, I'm going to, hold on, before everyone freaks out, mm -hmm. 92, 93. Yeah. Towards the top. Towards as far the top. as Belgians concern, are concerned, also like a 98 percentile. Uh-huh. And as far as dark beers are concerned, probably like an 85 percentile. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, I think they're more hit and miss. I think we skimmed over the IPAs. We tried three different West Coast IPAs tonight that we didn't like. So okay, didn't like as much as Motley Brew. Liked more. Or I as... drank that Enigma hazy instead of the, any of the IPAs or the the West Coast that I ordered in my flight. So, so, and here's where I start to wonder: is like, are those seven IPAs that we tried? Are those the seven best IPAs they can brew, or are those the variety have. of yeah. seven IPAs they can put on the board? But here, my counterpoint is: how many of the hazies did you like? How many of the West Coast did you like? I liked all of the hazies. Yeah. And I liked... I, I really liked one out of the three West mm -hmm. Coast we had. Uh-huh. That's my point. And the other one... of Another one was fine. Mm-hmm. And one we didn't like. But I will uh -huh. still put them as far as IPAs because you've had other yeah. things in That's like the 98th they, percentile. Cause they they're... just happen to have the hazies nailed down. Yes. They know hazies, man. Um, is great with hazies. So I'm going to give them a 95, mostly because I think the dark beer is kind of a little wonky. Yeah. Every time I've had a dark beer from Fieldwork, I'm like, ah, I mean, this isn't as good as I would have liked it to be. Yeah. But we didn't put a dark beer on the Crowler, the Crowler list, but I really wanted to highlight what I know they're good at. But I think 95 is a really solid... Um, rating for field work. Now, if we were to do a yeah. track seven or a new glory brewery spotlight, they're probably going to get like a 98 just to put in perspective. Yeah. They, I mean, they're not perfect, but they're, I mean, and I even mean, urban ever, roots right now would probably get a 95 pound for pound. Yeah. But that's, that's what I'm saying with, with track. Maybe seven, even 96. When we talk about track seven or new glory, have you ever gone there and had something you didn't like very much? Like, the one beer you've ever given back was a Track 7 beer. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, There's been beers that I've had at both places that have been like, eh, it's okay. You know? But it's only been like maybe five times out of all the times that we've been to Track 7 or New Glory. I've been to New Glory a lot. Cause I, I well, some of that yeah. I think is it's hard, to, it's hard to separate this as a as a consumer. It's sort of yeah. the, the name recognition that comes with it because like... yeah. If you go into a Track 7 Sour, you immediately have all kinds of expectations. Uh -huh. So for them to consistently surpass those expectations. Whereas I think with field work, the expectations are a little bit lower. Yeah. And maybe that's just our own personal bias. But like... I would say... Are you talking about dark beers? Because kind of the Midtown vibe right now is the hazy, the, the IPA vibe. And they do have that down. I think maybe we should give them... Credit, it might be worth it uh, to talk to the master brewer or the head brewer about why they, they only had two dark beers. If you could argue that a black lager is a dark beer, which I mean, kind of so three, if they yeah. if you could, the Czech lager being a so, dark beer, yeah. Like, like, is that just because in Midtown that's what people like is more of these? I mean, when I've gone, like, they've had like legit coffee stouts, they've had yeah. things called like morning time coffee, coffee stouts, stouts. Yeah. yeah, and they have access to some of that craft coffee like some of the places where i like to use that craft coffee bean 
And it, like, New Glory had that, um, oh, it started with a V, what was it called? That coffee style that was incredible. I don't know. It was like Vindicator or something. I didn't even look at that part of the menu. Morty. No, we had a, I got a crowler of it and a couple, maybe two tall cans of it because it was the best coffee stout I've ever had. Hmm. And they got their coffee from... Valencia? Oh, no, something similar. Ventura or something like that or... I can't remember. But I don't know. Yeah, that was the, amazing. And I think that Fieldwork has access to maybe some of the similar places. Like we walked past a craft coffee shop, you know. Temple? Temple and that really, really, really tiny one that said something brew. I thought it was a brew. Oh. It was like literally 10 square feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was tiny. It's like you like, can fit three people at a time kind yeah, of place. Yeah, like they have access to some coffee stuff, but the fact that, I mean, they're dark stuff, maybe they just don't try so hard because people don't really care about it. Sure. You know? All right. It's that time. Uh-oh. In post-production, Chris is going to do a soundbite one of these episodes. Maybe this is the episode. Stop that. There you go. No. Some trumpets? It's time for... Rank the Cans. Is it mail time? No. Mail we don't have that. time. No. Rank the Cans. <laughs> which this is a hard one. It's a hard... Rank the Cans. This is... This is tripping me out because this... Uh, Motley Brew... Is much more African than what it tasted like at hmm. Fieldwork, which is interesting hmm. because we did talk about hmm. the uh, order does of. Does it change? Uh, does it change? Does it change profiles as you drink it longer? A little bit, because that's what I said about African Queen, uh-huh. and then you you weren't entirely on board with what? that idea. What? What? Are you talking hmm. about? Oh, I'll hmm. hmm. <laughs> hmm. say you disagreed, my, but my you know when I brought that up, you're like, oh yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't incite an entire agreement. It just implies um, podcast agreement, which is not the same. I am pleading the 16th ounce amendment. Mm-hmm. You can't call me on I can't call you on it, no, but uh, the, the proof <laughs> is, is in... Is the first time it's actually ever been invoked? On a podcast, yeah. Oh, man. No, I've had to plead the point before. A couple of us have. Yeah, it's been, it's especially Growler Gang. And you, yeah. you have to you plead the point. So, because it, the Growler Gang rules haven't been stood, Growler Gang is, in fact, a brotherhood that does have rules. It's, yeah. And one of the rules, mostly for Logan, fuck you, Logan, love you, Miles, is that if you have been drinking and you say something stupid, you are allowed to plead the point. Both privately and publicly, and Growler Gang members are required to agree with the, whatever yeah, the fuck you just did. One member of Growler Gang present to be witness, right? So if, let's say Logan gets client, drunk right? and says something stupid to his wife, which apparently he frequently does, which is why this rule was instituted. Sorry, Mara, we, we really like you. Thank you for letting us have We Logan. do love Mara. Fuck you, Logan. Love you, Miles. Thanks your husband once in a while. It's very great. Um... No, we invoked the rule, so if in public Logan says something stupid and then says I plead the pint, and then Mara looks at me, I go, I don't know, he pled the pint. She goes, and she said, off the record. I don't know, I don't know, I don't have the answer, he pled the pint. Can't do it. Brotherhood, no, pled the pint. If he says something stupid and he doesn't plead the pint, I'm like, I don't know, he's an idiot. (laughs) He's like, Jordan, I plead the pint. I, I, sorry, it's out of my hands. He spoke some black magic. I can't. Rule clarification. Uh, does he have to have drank a pint first or have a pint in his hand? 
Because you can take one sip of a beer and say, oh, I plead the pint. But do you really? Because the whole point is... So the rule when it was established was he has to have been drinking. Yes, so are we saying more than a pint? Because you've had a pint at that point. You know, like plead the pint. Usually for us, after about mm. second or third beer is when we start getting into some hot water. I had to, like, That's these, true. These no, no. I mean, yeah, you're right. It has to be yeah. plus one pint of drinking capacity at that point. Because you can't plead the pint if you haven't had a pint, right? It's true. Okay. That's fair. It, clarification. It, now it's public record. It pl- yeah, to plead the pint, you have to have <laughs> had at least one pint. But even one pint, I think, is in question. I think, like, two pints. Regardless of which, I'm going to I'm gonna look like an idiot and deny it to your wife. Like, I don't know. You're like, what do you mean you don't know? I don't know. I asked you what you mean. I don't know what I mean. Like, I'm just going to look like an idiot. <laughs> that's how we do it. There you go. I'm going to be frustrating to deal with. But that's the, the plead the pint rule. Yep. You get one. Yeah, you can't just keep saying shit like an idiot. You have, you, know. you get one per outing. You get yeah. one stupid thing per outing that I'm required to be like. I don't know. You plead yep. the pint. And the rest is on you. Yep. If you're per just saying dumb stuff, that's not our not fault. per pint because <laughs> I don't have enough. Yeah. Sanity. So it's, it's the it comes from the Fifth Amendment, the derivative. It's a it's a self incrimination <laughs> due to intoxication. You know. Vocalization. How, how, how far do we want to go with this? Uh, that's not not much farther <laughs> than you just went. I think you did a great job. Lawyered. Self-incrimination due to intoxication. Yeah. It's perfect. Yep. All right. Now rank these cans. Uh, now that you almost incriminated yourself and then tried to plead the pint. <laughs> do you do you remember? Like plead the pint. Like fuck you. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, the order that we drank them in, if I had this specific three-beer flight, again, I would put them in the same order. However, excuse me, if taking them individually, I would put Vienna Lager still at number one. Number two being the, the Hazy with the African Hop variety, Motley Brew, and uh, Aloha Vibes being number three individually. If I was only having one beer not back to back because I think like we did talk about this the order of the flight or having beers next to each other does influence your palate a little bit and it would influence my decision if I was drinking more than just one of these beers one if you say you can have one beer tonight because it's your birthday I'm going to say that Vienna Lager every time it's just it, it was that good no matter what I'm having whoa what I'm doing whoa it's Pause. really good whoa I, I just also happen to be partial Whoa. to that style. I like these. Agreed. Yeah. And we... Do we just become best friends? No. <laughs> we did not. <laughs> I'm not going to tell that story right now either. Um... Stepbrothers fans. By the oh. way, I don't like Stepbrothers. I didn't I say... Like the question was... Okay, rank the cans. Mm-hmm. It's not about if you have one beer tonight. Uh-huh. What beers you have? Because some nights for you, that's a course. Sometimes. No. Mm-mm. It is sometimes. Sometimes. It is sometimes. That's what you just said. Of course. I'm not arguing with you. Mm. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you. Mm-mm. But actually, if I had a choice between yeah. Coors and Budweiser, it would be Budweiser. We agree. I like Budweiser. Um, now, I asked you to rank the cans for uh, best beer. What uh-huh. is the best beer? Are these the? Is this the order of best beers? Yes. Uh-huh. What's the... Okay, 
If I said we drank 15 or 2 vanilla lager, Motley Brew Hazy IPA, mm-hmm. and Aloha Vibes Kettle Sour, mm-hmm. and you have them in that order, 1, 2, 3, uh-huh. you're going to say, yep, Aloha Vibes is the worst beer of this three-pack. Uh-huh. You're wrong. You're uh, so uh, wrong. What? Aloha Vibes is the best beer of this three-pack. I'm going to rewind. Motley Brew is the worst beer. 15 or 2 lager is fantastic. Mm-hmm. No disrespect. I'll have you guys know he's very excited, but he moved one can. All right? Um, <laughs> don't, don't take He it moved away. the can from the back. He put it in the front and said it's com- – Yeah. Ah, no, Girl, so, girls like it when you move it from the back to the front. They don't even like the back. They like the front. once or twice. Don't do it every time. Don't do it like every three minutes. All right? They like the front better. What's wrong with her vagina? Her, vi- her vagina no, broken. I'm just saying you can't go back. You're and welcome, female listeners. You can't do you it. You don't even need to do anal. You just put it in the front, front of the mouth. That's what all you need. What are you talking about? My mm-hmm. front was vena longer. It's a very good front. You just put the ass in front of the everything else. No. Yes, you did. I put I put what <laughs> you thought was the ass in the front. So. <laughs> that's right. I'm just saying you can't go back and forth a bunch of times because that's not fun either. You're not wrong. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's not wrong. But also, (sighs) anal's overrated. Quote me, females. Um, Aloha Vibes was really good. It's the best. Molly Brew can suck a dick. Uh, Aloha Vibes. It's alright. I would rather. Okay, so if if it wasn't an African hop and it tasted like this, this like dank, stone fruity thing we got, which you can't get from other hop blends, Mm -hmm. what's great about it? As novelty. That's it. I think it's more drinkable than the Aloha vibes. It is me. It's better. I think I think it has, it tastes better to me. Mm. It's you more drinkable. Wrong. That's fine. If we did a half pint. The girls are on my side tonight. That's fine. Yeah, you can be with the ladies. I'd like them to be. Can, will you be? Oh, Jordan sorry, has changed for, teams. I'll be asked, uh, I mean. <laughs> It's a different tune than two episodes ago. I'm like, she can make me a sandwich, but I mean, it's well, cool. Well, which one of these would you rather drink with a sandwich? Um, what's on the sandwich? Does it matter? Yes. Bread. Okay. <laughs> try Some me. Sort of meat. And what kind of meat? Green vegetables. No, try me. Potatoes. No, you gotta give me potatoes <laughs> on a sandwich. So you... what? What sandwich would you have with that sour? Aloha work? vibes. Yeah, what would work with that? Roast beef and pineapple. Roast beef pineapple sandwich. I've never even heard of that. I would have said teriyaki chicken sandwich from Subway. That well, sounds like you already know then. Stupid One. questions. Vienna lager. Any sandwich goes with Any that. Any sandwich. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Brew make. don't even go with the sandwich. No, it doesn't. But I'm saying that's why. Yeah. Saying. So if it's the sandwich rankings, then Vienna Lager is still number one in my book. That's my whole. Vienna Lager is pretty great. <laughs> it's just the best all around. That's why I like it. It's so the best much. all around. Yeah, I I love that beer. It's so good. You know, okay, so I like Vienna Lager so much <laughs> that I'm willing to hear that argument. That's my whole point. <laughs> no, no, okay, no, that's not your whole point. Is as long as we can agree that Motley uh, Brew is kind of not what it should be. It's, it could be better. The Fieldwork IPAs pound for pound are better. And here's where uh, Three Mile kind of got... All right, so we're talking about the experience of drinking a Fieldwork IPA or going to field work? Are we talking no, no, about no. I think Three Mile got an 85 based on 
we hadn't been there before, mm -hmm. which is part of why we established for the next brewery spotlights we were going to go there, have the flight. Mm-hmm. Which is what we did tonight. Which which yeah. is what we did, and then part of the issue is we've both been to so many breweries that you'd have a hard time naming more than five breweries that he and I both haven't been to. And I think we've both been to Fieldwork enough times knowing that Fieldwork is a top player in the game, and Fieldwork did get that benefit of the doubt, if we're being honest. Whereas, like, Three Mile can't get that benefit of the doubt because they don't just... Excuse me. They don't distro, mm. and I didn't go. Chris did. They seemed cool, but it was on picnic day, so who knows yeah, how hopping it normally is. Crazy busy. And we went with pre-made crowlers because we didn't mm. want to um, inconvenience our beer tenders. Love you, beer tenders. Yeah. And but that was still a pretty good spread for me. Still pretty good spread. Crowlers. That was and those good. beers were solid. They were good. And, and we're having yeah stuff off the tap that you don't have to wait in line for. You just grab it out of the fridge and buy it. That was solid. Molly Brew is is at its worst solid. Mm -hmm. So I think eighty five to ninety five is a great rating. But as far as like field work is concerned, I'm gonna say an A minus. You still A minus? As far as today goes, yeah. it's like a ninety two ninety three. Yeah. So my but whole pound thing... for pound field work is a ninety five. No yeah. question. Whereas yeah. like pound for pound, New Glory and Track Seven are like anywhere from ninety eight to hundred. And, and, like, the yeah. worst day you've ever had at New Glory would be 92, 93. Yeah. But, like, pound for pound, most times they're 96, 97. They have four of their double dry hops series on tap right now. Dang. Yes. That's why I like New Glory. But here's the thing with the field work. Uh, New Glory, how many times have they ever dropped an African hopped IPA? Never. How many times have they ever dropped an Enigma IPA? Never. How many times have they ever had an IPA with an Amarillo or El Dorado, or, you know... Southern Star, even. Yeah, Victoria's Secret. They've had maybe Never. two with Victoria's Secret. they got a bunch with Galaxy. Um, they... Yeah, that's that's why I like Fieldwork. They're the, the Enigma Hops. The Enigma Hops. The first time I ever had, or even heard of Enigma Hops, was Fieldwork. And the, one of the cool things with Enigma Hops is that when, the way you brew it changes the way the hop comes out in the beer. And you never... You can't really nail it down too much. Like it, it'll change a little bit. That's true. But they two for two now have made good beers with a, a Nigma hops. 100. percent We hops. didn't we didn't use that beer for this time. No. Motley Brew is better. A little better. And Motley Brew is I'd say fair grade for Motley Brew, 87. Yeah, I mean, I like the Southern Hemisphere hops. I think you do too. Sure. This is a, a little different than African hops, so it's something we started paying attention to recently. Mm -hmm. I'm not as much of a stone fruit guy as most people might be. Sure. And these are very heavy on stone fruit. Um, still good. It's good. I think. But you would rather yeah. drink a pint of Motley Brew than Aloha Vibes. Yeah. I but that's mm. also that's what I'm saying. It's a personal thing. Mm. Uh, for sours, I can't put down a sour as easily as I can put down any mm. hazy. So. So I guess, listeners, I really love Aloha Vibes. That was really good. Was, no, you don't get to say that. It was really Mr. good. Mr. That's the worst beer we've had today. Huh? Or at least worst beer and crowlers we've had today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the worst Mercedes of the Mercedes-Benz cars. <sighs> don't hedge your bet. I hate that. <laughs> I'm not hedging. I'm just saying. He's hedging. In these three, He's hedging. I would much rather have the other two because He's sours wrong. in general... Fill me up. I can't drink no, three sours the same No, that Aloha Vibes is... It was good, 
But I can't based drink on drinkability. Okay, based on drinkability, I'll hear Aloha Vibes is the bottom. But, right. Mr. Beer Nerd, uh-huh. you don't, like you can really convince me that 1502 you'd rather have because you could easily drink multiple pints. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could have multiple pints of the Motley Brew. No? Not pleasantly. I think you'd get bored. Yeah, but I could do multiple pints, whereas... I would struggle, even if how much I like Aloha vibes, I would struggle having two pints of it. <sighs> no matter if I liked it or not, I couldn't probably finish two pints of it. Of all the sours you've had, name five that you could do multiple pints of. Uh, the Honey Sour. Mm-hmm. Uh, all three of the S3 sours that we tried in Kilowatt. That's not fair. We haven't done a pint of those. No, we haven't, but I could do a pint of those. And do two pints of those? Maybe. I could do two good. pints of cucumber. I'll I'll lend you cucumber. You don't get Cucumber's to say all three. Okay, you're, okay two pints you. of cucumber. Could you do two pints of honeydew? Yes. So you have okay. two. You have three more could to you go. Do two pints of watermelon. Oh yeah. Yeah. Could you do two pints of fruit punch? Oh yeah. Fruit punch. Oh yeah. Uh huh. They had a fruit punch like a a Hawaii, no it wasn't oh yeah it was Hawaiian punch that's right it was a Hawaiian punch it wasn't oh yeah series but it was the same concept with Hawaiian punch. Are you just going to start That's naming right. a bunch of Track 7 Sours? No, or? how about um, Kibbles and Bits from New Glory that was uh, brewed in tandem with the Front Street Animal Shelter that was basically Fruit Punch I Sour. I didn't have that one. Fruit Punch Sour. I didn't have it. Same. That's what I'm saying. It's the same as the Fruit Punch Sour from Track 7. Okay. So, I can do pint, two pints of that. Some of those yeah. are on par with this, though. Uh, Oso Blanco. Two pints of that. You didn't even like that. I didn't like it as much as I wanted to because I paid a lot of money. He didn't even for it. like it. He didn't even, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I loved he didn't it. even like that. No, he did not. Yes, I did. He didn't even like it. I did not like sour gummy worms. No, he did. He was like, sour gummy bear is overrated. Like, it's not even a real sour. It is overrated. Well, you it's should just give that to your cousin because it doesn't even matter. Punch. And I only had two pints. We had sour gummy. No. Sour gummy is split one pint. No, you did not. What? And then the yeah. sour gummy's awful. And then um, which is why we split it three ways during growler. I mean, never mind. Um, you'll hear that in the previous episode. <laughs> no sour like, gummy bear. You're like give give split that with your cousin. It's not even that good. Well, he likes sours, and yeah, I paid a lot more for it than it should have been worth. So I had higher expectations. Which he could do two pints of it, ladies and gentlemen. I could. I could. Do two it's not as good as this one. No, it's not. This one but you heavier. couldn't do two pints of this? I couldn't do two pints of Vanilla Berry either. You know what? Mm. Uh, New Glory has a... I guess uh, I'm asking the wrong questions. New That's Glory fine. has you a, win. a you win. sour too right now. and I couldn't do more than a half for that when I was there. You you win now. Oh, I won. Oh, oh yeah, it was their, uh, their berry pie sour. I couldn't do more than a half for that. It's just too rich. good. <sighs> you went on a technicality. Now you're now I agree with you mm. that fifteen oh two is clearly more drinkable. Mm-hmm. Now Motley Brew is technically more drinkable, but I'd rather have two pints of Aloha than try to make it through two pints of Motley Brew. Mm. But pound for pound, I do think Aloha Vibes is the best beer. Alright, do you regret getting any of these crowds? No. Okay. Not even kind of. So that's the cool thing with field work here. That we did uh, three flight we did two flights, 
three crawlers of what we ended up liking. You could probably eliminate these three cans. Okay, if you eliminate these three cans, we could have done um, the vanilla berry, mm -hmm. the marzen, and another hot forward beer. Yeah. And field work probably would have escaped with like a 90-91. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it still would have been an A-. minus. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty great that they could, they, they kind of doubled up on the brewery experience, or the brewery, the brewery spotlight. Yeah, so that's what they did. I think you and I, that's what I'm saying, we went into it with a certain outlook or with intentions where most people just go in and drink beer. So we knew we wanted to find a spread, specifically, to do this podcast. Well, I mean, that's why we do the spotlights, though. Exactly. But most people, like I said, they got the Vienna Lager, Motley Brew, and a couple other IPAs, and then that, you know, Annette, the, the farmhouse ale... You know, they go, oh, this place is pretty cool. They got a, you know, hey, all right. You know, that would have still been a B plus, A minus flight. It would have been good. But they're not looking for a specific order. They're not looking for beers that necessarily go with each other really well, that play nice. Sure. They're just trying out stuff. I think, that, yeah, that definitely. Have you ever been to field work and it has not been an A minus, at least, out of the times you've been there? No. Every time yeah. I go, it's it just feels like every yeah. time I go, I'm like, shoot, Fieldwork's killing it. Yeah, they definitely know what they're doing. They're kind of you don't hear a lot about them uh, in the scene. Uh, they're kind of modest. Which another thing but... to consider is, I think they only brew at their Berkeley Tap House. Hmm. I don't think they brew in the Sack Tap House. No, I don't think so. Interesting. That might be something we have to go talk to them about. Figure it out. Sure. Because we did talk about this in our, our podcast number 11, where we had, you know, Sacramento has some crazy beer logistics, you know? Like, we get and some beer. And people logistics. Unfortunately. Yeah. But we get access to a lot of stuff that not a lot of places might not. So, that True. might be easier for them to brew everything in Berkeley and ship it out than it is to have two different breweries. Yep. You know? That way everything's consistent. Yep. You know? Yeah, one guy making the beer, or, or yep. lady, one lady making the beer. Mm-hmm. So. Well, you guys lucked into an extra episode. This was supposed to be an Urban Roots episode, and it turned into a Fieldwork episode. Don't regret it, but. Oh, yeah. That's just how that cookie crumbled. So now, sounds like we have a uh, Urban Roots episode coming up, assuming I can get to the brewery in time in the next couple of days. And a plan your beer trip. Episode and a New Year's episode. Ooh, New Year's would be good. Uh, if you guys like the way we did it last year, we might do it a similar way this year, where we get uh, four different varieties and like kind of drink through our favorites of the year per variety. Yeah, that'd be nice. But that's what we have. We have coming up. And other than that, I think that's that's all we got. So, all right. Merry Christmas, guys, and <laughs> cheers. Cheers.